It's no longer me living for me now. Mm-hmm. It's me and my wife. When yeah. we said I do, this is it. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone's asked, oh, Laura, you do all this. Where's your me time? Her me time's our time. Yeah. You know, we became one. You yeah. know, we get in this world. Like, I'm doing me. You know, you need to make time for you. And we get so wrapped up mm-hmm. in the new the new philosophy, this new thinking. It's like, no, we said I do. Yeah. Our time is their time. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, that's again, that's a sacrifice of yourself. Because mm-hmm. when we said I do. That's it. Yeah. No excuse. My old life, what I was like, I'm, you know, I need Jose time is gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go hang out with my boys, have a couple of beers. But how how often has that been now late lately, Laura? <laughs> Not very. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we we just know it's yeah. again. It's there has you have to grow your ass up. What's up, everybody, man? This is your boy, Jose Cruz. Yes, your favorite Native American. And, man, I just want to say Happy New Year. We're in the new year. You know, I know you guys know me. We pre-record all this stuff, you know. So, technically, we're not in the new year. But Happy New Year because this is airing today in the new year, 2023. And I just want to tell you guys, again, man, thank you guys for the love, the support, everything you guys do, you know. And especially coming off the giveaway we did man that was just that was amazing that that to me was life-changing because the person that won it needed it wanted it and that's kind of really the vibe the direction the show's going you know so continue to support because expect more giveaways expect more you know great podcasts great guests you know especially today's guests but today i want to tell you guys we have a good Man, we have a good one for you planned. This is, I mean, just talking the 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 pre-pod, I would say it has just like, well, we were wondering why weren't we recording, you know, but today we have Sarah Nicole Creative on the podcast, host at A Creative Dating Podcast. Girl, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm great, dude. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I've been following you for a while. I love your stuff, so I'm, I'm stoked to be here. That's awesome. I'm glad that, you know, you've been like, we're DMing me. Then you DM me again. You're like, you know, what? let me just send him a video chat. Hey, did you forget about me? And I love that assertiveness because I was like, you know what? I got to, I want to make sure because, you know, we've been stacking. You've seen our shows, the yeah. giveaway and things we've been doing. So again, I want to thank you, first of all, for your support because it's very evident on, yeah. you know, when, when people support you, you know, it's like, okay, now you're starting to see the traction. Mm-hmm. You know, you shared a post today and I got a few followers off that because oh, again, nice. it's supporting local, supporting. Yeah. And that's kind of really what we've talked about before we started rolling, you know. But before we get into anything else, let's get all the preliminaries out of the way, kind of, kind of just let everybody know who you are, okay. where you're from, where'd you grow up, your bank account, <laughs> social security number, you know, and just, and we'll just go from there. Like, and what are you currently doing yeah. right now? Okay. So um, I'm Sarah Nicole. I am actually not a Fresno native. I've been here since 2016. Okay. Um, so I'm born in Rhode Island. Oh. Grew up in Nashville uh, and moved around a lot. So I, if I claim a home, I claim Nashville. Um, but uh, North Carolina, Arizona, Rhode Island, everywhere. So, mm. um, but yeah. So I am a photographer, a creative digital. Um, I call myself a multi-passionate creative. Um, so I love doing photography. I do digital content creation. I do um, social media management. I do um, like custom art, custom gifts, t-shirts, all of that. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So nice. I, that's a newer venture that I just started and I'm really loving it. 
Um, moving into the boudoir space. Hopefully by the time this airs, I'll have my studio set, good to go. I'm super stoked for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm an abuse advocate. I'm an abuse survivor. Mm. Um, and then podcasting. Let's see, what else? Uh, <laughs> uh, once this airs, I'll be working in the school district as a paraeducator, working with special needs kiddos. Mm. So I have a focus there as well. Um, and intern for my TV 53 as a reporter. So kind of, do you <laughs> sleep? Oh and, my gosh. And, and I'm a single mom of two kids. So Dude, no, I don't. <laughs> killing it. Man, I feel like that's a different level. You yeah. know, because again, you hear stories like that, you know, because I think when um because I when I when I grew up as a kid and I just jumped straight into this, because that to me screams next level, I do believe. Yeah. You know, because growing up, you you know, there are men that leave families, there's mm -hmm. you know, and this and the and the mom picks up both roles. Yeah. You know, and they they just they put them aside to yeah. take care of the whole life, and I feel that's what that's that man. That's a yeah, lot. It is. It know? is a lot. <laughs> you know, because I know you know the goal. I know you know yeah. that like the end game is like this is where I want to be. The vision, you know, and so you know, I mean, let's kind of get into like what like what you said you do. You know, like your life. You know mm -hmm. how you you know because you said you you know a victim, and now yes. you're still here. You know, yep. from abuse, and kind of get into you know, like your life story, you know, yeah. maybe what got you into photography, what got you into creative, what got you into be an advocate, you know, yeah. being a voice for people, what kind of started you? Um, you know, that's the crazy thing, right? Especially after abuse and coming out of an abusive marriage, um, you don't know who you are, you know, and it's taken, I, I had my ex-husband arrested May of 2021 for domestic abuse. Mm. And so it's been, a little over a year and a half now. And a good majority of that time has been therapy and research and understanding, um, first of all, the scientific studies and research. If you ever get a second to look into what abuse, especially long-term victims undergo um, in your brain chemistry, it's fascinating and terrifying. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, because it actually... They've done scientific studies that prove how it alters your hippocampus, how it alters your frontal cortex. So those are the areas of your brain that retain information, that it affects your short-term memory. Um, so if you ever talk to like a, you know, a couple of abuse victims, you might notice a trend where they might have short-term memory problems or it, like you'll tell them something and it's a little bit harder for them to remember those things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because our brain chemistry has changed. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, my brain was fully formed so the, the abuse with my ex-husband was the most prolonged and severe abuse that I went through. But after coming out of that and doing research and therapy, realizing that what I thought was pretty idyllic childhood actually had some pretty significant abuse riddled really? in it. Um, and coming to that realization as a 33-year-old woman was kind of crazy, but then also made a little more sense about why certain things in my childhood I can't remember. And even, even looking now, I never really had a sense of self. I never mm. have really had an idea of who I am and, you know, as who I am as a woman, who I am as a mother, because I became a mother very young. I had my son at 20. Um, so there was never really any true idea of who I was everything about me really just kind of seemed like a trauma response after a trauma response after, you know, somebody else's opinion being thrown on me about who I am and what I was. So 
honestly, until this last year, I haven't really had a sense of who I am. Wow. You know, <clears throat> when I hear that again, I can tell like it's still fresh. To you. Yeah. You know, and one of the things, one of my um, recent podcasts that I had shot was called speaking from healing. Mm -hmm. I know? think I saw that one. Yeah. And so when I hear that, I feel like you are speaking from healing. Cause I do see, mm -hmm. you know, I do see it. I do feel it, you yeah. know, cause again, it's one of those things where you just know, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I can't never say, well, I understand, you know, you know, I don't want to get it towards touchy as like, well, you're a woman and I'm a man. You're not supposed <laughs> to know. You don't know what we be, you know. Okay. I get that, you know, but you know, how have you, do you feel like you've healed though fully? No, absolutely not. But to be fair, I don't know that that's really ever a, a healing to completion thing mm -hmm. for anybody. Um, because the thing is like, the more studies that come out, the more learning that you do, the more therapy that you take, like partake in, you're learning new things. You're discovering new things. New things are unlocked that you're like, and puzzle pieces get put mm -hmm. together. So I don't really know that it's ever a completed process, but I feel like the human journey in general is mm. kind of like that because who, who you were 10 years ago most likely it's not who you are now mm -hmm. and it's not who you're going to be 10 years from now because yeah. you're going to interact with new people. You're going to have new experiences. You're going to go new places. You're going to have new things influence your view and it's ever changing. Mm, that's true. You know, and I think again, for, again, one thing I've learned here, especially on this show is just really speaking from my experience, you know, mm -hmm. never want to, if I do speak on something I haven't experienced, it's just my opinion, you mm -hmm. know, you know, I, I try to limit that, you know, what I because what I want to do is relay a message, you know, and whether people want to receive it or not is, is really it's not up to me. But I think I've I've learned in my experience because there's a lot of trauma that I've experienced as a kid, you know, being married to my wife. Shout out wifey here, seven, you know, you know, wifey Hi. here. <laughs> I always do that 30 minutes into the pod, but you know, she, yeah, she's she's here. Uh, but in our marriage, been married 17 years there were a lot of trauma that I experienced as a kid, as a young, as a young guy going into my marriage that I didn't know I was still carrying over mm -hmm. until something triggered it, you know? And it wasn't so much a just, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but mm -hmm. it's like these feelings and these thoughts of abandonment and trust and mistrust. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'll burn you before you burn me. You know, it's one of those things I feel like, I don't know Have I, can I ever heal from this? You know, and I think what my podcast that I shot, or at least my or season three or episode three was, you know, I've learned to speak about my experiences, but I'm more careful and aware on how I'm speaking it from if I'm speaking mm -hmm. it from the pain, because I've learned that speaking in pain and the hurt, you know, you're actually putting out there because you're putting out some vibe or yes. energy. I'm not about universe and vibes, but it's kind of like the only way oh, I feel I like am. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't mean, but yeah. me, it's just, it's just, again, it's something that we, put out you know because yeah. there is a vibe there is something that people put out that you don't know you're putting out on people if you're not knowing how to speak from you know and i think when i i do feel like i am healed from a lot of things but a lot of it's more self-inflicting and just learning to forgive myself yeah you know and I, when i hear you you know talking about your experience now because i mean we just jump straight into this yeah. we'll get into the business we'll get into <laughs> the fun but i feel like this is where the conversation's going um where do you feel like you feel like you need to still grow from, you know? Cause do you feel like sometimes, yeah, you're speaking your mm -hmm. experience, you mm -hmm. know, and what happened to you, I'm not going to take it from me, but do you feel like you're still speaking from 
the hurt part of it, the the unforgiveness. I don't know if there's if there's unforgiveness. Yeah. You know, do you feel like you're still speaking from that part a little? Yeah, for sure, a little, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I can't say how, when, where that yeah. might change. No doubt. Um, because you know the thing is, it is still. Like a year and a half seems like a really young time, but it's not. No, it's it's not. not long at all. And especially when um, in the last four years, I've so we're going to kind of rewind, but it'll fit in. So uh, my best friend passed away Christmas Eve 2018. There's mm. a whole story to that. Um, but, you know, that was kind of my breaking point where I was like, I'm done. I don't care anymore. So I had mentally checked out of my marriage uh, within the first three months we were married because that's the first time he ever got physically abusive. Mm. Before then, he was never physically abusive. It was mental, emotional, and verbal, which until I experienced it, I didn't realize how severe those were mm. and how damaging those are. Um, and I feel like most people in society as a whole don't really think about those three factors. It's really just, well, he didn't hit you. You mm -hmm. weren't getting hit. You don't have bruises. So how are you being abused? Mm. Um, so until I experienced that, that was kind of something that I didn't really think of being prevalent or being, you know, something that pertained to me or something that happened really, you know, you hear about it, but you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but so when she passed away, cause she hated him <laughs> with a passion. Um, and so, you know, when she passed away, it was kind of this, like, I'm done. You know, I don't have this support because she was my uh, she was my best friend from high school. So she actually lived in Rhode Island. Mm. Um, but we talked literally every single day for 13 years, you know. Um, and so she passed away. And then when I finally left my ex-husband um, in the last year and a half, I've experienced other traumas. I've experienced other death of um the one person who I did kind of start dating uh, back in March, he actually passed away of a heart attack and I wow. found him. Um, so I feel like it's hard for me to progress in a lot of my healing because other traumas have been sprinkled in. So it's kind of pick and choose which trauma I deal with no at which point. Yeah. Wow. I mean... <clears throat> Cause I think that's, that's really, that's really finding, like finding yourself, mm -hmm. you know, finding your inner strength, finding that, you know, I'm in the crappiest situation ever. How do I grow from yeah. this or how, you know, or do I let it beat me? You know, mm -hmm. but I think what, I think what I'm more careful of now, cause I, I've been a victim of my own demise. I've been things and there's things that's happened to me and, and one thing I've learned, it, cause again, at the end of it, at the end of all of it, you're 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 the main focus mm -hmm. you know anybody that has experienced this type of experience you know on a large scale and then on a smaller scale at the end of it, it's abuse mm -hmm. it's mental physical emotional you know verbal all that and how you approach it is really i feel like that's how we grow mm -hmm. you know because uh, one of my buddies had told me i was on i was i was actually on a podcast uh, overflow extended and we were talking about this growth. We're talking about the pain and the hurt and, the, you know, just the experiences, you know. But I think when I've learned to accept that, you know what, it happened. I can't change it. Mm -hmm. But I want it to be better to where I know it doesn't whip me every time, 
yep. a feeling comes where I know I've beaten it. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I'm more careful even when it becomes like, I'm going to do me. No one going to tell me what to do. Boo, yeah. boo. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't cross my line. It's not that because yeah. that's still putting, you're still living in an offense mm-hmm. and a defensive. You know, you want to be free, mm-hmm. you know, and I've learned to experience that freedom by, you know, just flip the mirror around. Mm-hmm. That's me. How can we fix this? But how can I help? Like you said, you're mm-hmm. an advocate. You're, you're a voice for people that yeah. have experienced that. You know, to me, that's the best thing is to be a, to be, to be that person who has experienced it, but mm-hmm. to help other people yeah. who can't see the light, like how you're starting to see mm-hmm. the sunrise, yeah. you know? And so when I, when I hear that, I feel like that's, that's a, that's a good step for you coming yeah. on here talking about this is still fresh, It is, yeah. you know, but you cannot tell <clears throat> shoot on social media, <laughs> you know, you're dancing, you're vibing, yeah. you're putting out dope content, you know, you're putting out all this great work, but it's like, again, Social media is the mm-hmm. highlight reel of our lives. Yeah, it is. Know? And, you know, and and to be honest, like putting that stuff on social media, it does help me too, because it helps me to focus on a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. It helps me to focus on something bigger than me and knowing, um, you know, that I am helping others, like even um, even some of his family members have reached out to me and been like, hey, you're really open about what you've been through. I'm going through this. Wow. Can you like, you know, can you help me? Can you resources? What, you know, mm-hmm. advice, things like that. And strangers, you know, uh, TikTok is where uh, most of that initial like, oh shit, like people actually like, I'm not the only one who's experienced this. Oh, I'm not the only one who's had this, you know, trauma, but, you know, not everybody is okay speaking about it. And there are still some times that I'm like, shit, did I, is that, a, should I say that? Yeah. Like what part of my story? But the thing is, I don't, like you say, you're speaking from experience. I don't speak about anything in my marriage that I don't have receipts to back up. Come on. That That's I real. don't have proof of specific abuses mm-hmm. happening or things being said, yeah. you know? So it really, really comes down to a lot of people aren't comfortable speaking about those experiences and seeing somebody else share those experiences and knowing, just knowing that they're not alone mm-hmm. is helpful. Yeah. And that is what makes it easier for me. And it does help me in my healing process mm-hmm. because I know that I'm doing good. Like I get that validation that it is actually helping somebody or s- go through something else. Mm. So man, that's, that's so true because again, you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and a lot of people who've experienced that, it's hard to say what happened. Mm-hmm. It's hard to speak on how it happened yeah. It's hard or where, when did it start? You mm-hmm. know? And so, and I think, have you, let me ask you this then. Do you see yourself now that we're talking about mm-hmm. speaking from healing or speaking from the hurt? You know, do you see yourself focusing on more of the hurt now or more focusing on the possibility of now I'm healing? Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. I think it's still kind of a mix of the two. Um, because every time I speak about it, it gets easier to speak about, which does also help with the healing. Um, because you feel like you get riled up though. Like you just, sometimes it depends, but not as much as it used to. Mm. Um, it's only, I'll I'll notice I'll get riled up. Like if something has happened recently, like 
Um, you know, cause my, so he's only the father of my daughter. We share a daughter. My son is, um, my son is from my ex fiance. So they, they have different dads, but, um, you know, given everything that I went through with him, there's one or two things that I can't knock about him. And one of them is that he may have been shit to me and treated me like shit. And there are still times where, you know, he'll yell at the kids or act inappropriately, but he still takes my son when he doesn't have to, Mm. you know, he still does things with the kids that he doesn't have to do. So with that though, you know, there are occasions where, you know, my daughter will come home or our daughter will come home to my, cause they live full time with me, um, you know, and tell me about him fighting with his girlfriend or, you know, this happened or that happened, or, you know, the neighbors in the old neighborhood might tell me, Hey, he was, you know, yelling and saying all these things to June. And those will trigger me a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then it is really hard for me to talk about things in that moment. You don't doubt. Um, but overall, I think it's mostly the healing versus the hurt. Mm. I mean, that's good to hear. Cause again, those are, those are steps, yeah. you know, cause again, I think when you can speak from the healing part and when, when the memory or the feeling, cause again, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, have people just ignore it. It'll go away. No, yeah. you got to face it. <laughs> no, you yeah. cannot. You cannot, you cannot that's ignore that's, the feelings yeah. and the, the hurt that is literally the worst way to deal mm-hmm. with anything, not even just trauma. <laughs> well, one thing I've I've said before, I had a I had a podcast, you know, called Be Your Own Hoe. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I know it's Please funny. elaborate. I'm yeah. I'm the, and we live in this world where people are sometimes I would say I would say most people are afraid to be someone like they have expectations mm-hmm. on them. Yeah. So I can't be this. I can't be that. I can't, yeah. you know, I have, a, I have a personal experience with somebody we knew that was, mm-hmm. but they're hiding it. Yeah. Christian, you know, singer on the worship mm-hmm. team, mommy and daddy didn't know. Yeah. But I know a lot of people in the central Valley and yeah. those people know me. They're like, Hey, is this so-and-so? <laughs> And I'm the one that gets the blunt blunt end of it. Like I was like I was spreading rumors and I wasn't, you know, but Mm -hmm. the thing was from that experience, it's like, look, if you're going to be something, be it. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a hoe, man, be the best hoe. See how long you want to be it. Yeah. Let that lifestyle live. Let it live out and not be ashamed. If you want to be bitter, Mm -hmm. be bitter. Write it out. If you want to be an angry dude or, you know, a hurt person, depressed Write it out. Let's yeah. see how far you want to take into it. Now that you know the feeling and you're like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Then you know what not to go back to. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's, there's a, there has to be a learning curve on it. Yeah. I know it's like Jose is advocating everyone to be a hoe, <laughs> you know? But I mean, if you yeah. want to be a hoe, be a hoe. There's be, nothing wrong yeah, with it. Again, because that's your life, mm-hmm. you know? But again, every, just be safe. Yeah. But every, re, every action, there's a reaction. Yes. So every choice you make, there has to be, there's got to be, a, there's going to yeah. be something that reacts to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, you choose, you yep. know, cause again, I, cause back in the day I was a pastor and I talked to my students, a youth pastor also, and I've talked to adults and I've talked to students about this and mm-hmm. I've told them, look, man, if you're going to be it, be it. One thing I can't stand as a human being, I cannot stand fake people. Yeah. Fake hypocrites, people who say one thing or be one thing and are one thing, but mm-hmm. Just say, hey, this is who I am. I yeah. respect somebody who lives that, you know. So I think I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, people who have dealt with this, sometimes they feel like it's wrong to face mm-hmm. it. 
it's wrong to like, well, I don't know how. I they want to bury it. They want to. Yeah. And that's the worst thing to do because mm-hmm. I've seen people put a yeah. lid on it. And, you know, I'm worried about one person right now that's I, he's known to just. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that one day that's going to pop. Yeah. You know, and it's going to pop in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time. And it's just that's my fear for this person. But I, I do believe people listening and watching, man, anybody listening and watching can speak. Yeah. From this, they can say, you know, that's me. I can, you know, I know someone. Mm-hmm. It's this, you know. And so I think what I'm trying to say is let it ride its course because what happened to you happened to you. Yeah. It's not your fault. It might be. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, how do you learn to say, you know what, this is not who I am. This is now an experience yeah. I can learn from to show that if and when I'm older or if I'm, I have kids or if I don't, I know what to look out for mm-hmm. to, to teach the next generation. Yeah. Because one thing we, you know, I've I've seen and learned and starting to see and learn now in the society is, you know, people want to talk about my truth, my this, my mm-hmm. that, and they try to make it the 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 vast, and that's not me. Yeah, that I'm never going to say my truth is the there's there's just reality, mm-hmm. and then there's just what you believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like to stay in the reality part of things, yeah. and so because we have me and my wife, we have three beautiful kids, three teenagers, mm-hmm. and just last month they got their first cell phone. Nice. And I have a. How's that going? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a, a, well, my daughter, my oldest is going to be 18 next or this year. Mm-hmm. And we have, and she, my daughter just turned 16 here. And it's like, they, they're different. Yeah. You know, we're teaching them how to stay in the, the better part of the, the reality mm-hmm. of things, you know, because we get lost in this. Yes. You know, so we let, the 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 fake the fake world of social media impact our experiences. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, so much, right? Yeah, you know. So and then when I when and not that actually a good segue to kind of like from your experiences, what happened to you? Because again, mm-hmm. I never want to take that from nobody. But how has social media impacted you with your experiences? Just real, like you said, a year yeah. and a half ago. I mean, so honestly, it kind of initially was what helped me to be comfortable with speaking out. So the well, same way that people respond to my content and reach out to me and say, Hey, like, thank you. I, you know, I didn't know. I thought I was alone. I had those same aha moments when I first left my ex-husband and I started, you know, posting or following. Um, I know on TikTok, narcissism is like a hot button topic, you know, um, gaslighting, all of that. But that's also where I started learning these terms and learning what gaslighting was and learning about like the different ways of manipulation that then drove me into researching independently. So I, for me, it was a positive because it kind of opened my eyes to seeing that my, it was not, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it was not a, solo experience. I don't know. Like it's a universal experience that significantly more people go through Mm -hmm. than we realize. Mm -hmm. And so it really helped with that. However, it also triggered a lot. Mm. Um, And there are still times that I get triggered by social media. Um, It's few and far between. Whereas in the very beginning it was every single small thing would be a trigger. Um, but now, I mean, my, my entire philosophy has shifted though, where now I kind of look at everything as it's either a lesson or a blessing. Come on. It's either something good came out of it or like you were just talking about, it's something to learn from. Mm-hmm. It's something like, like I 
now know what I absolutely will never tolerate if I ever have another relationship again. You know, I know what I absolutely will not allow my children to put mm -hmm. themselves through. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like they do need to learn on their own when they're older. I mean, even now they need to learn, you know, things, but I know certain things to look out for that are more harmful mm -hmm. and ways to help them cope with that if they ever come across it. I mean, that's true because again, what if you can, if you've, cause again, as, as I'm, I'm 41, I have some experience under mm -hmm. me, you know, I look back at a lot of times where I've said and done some stupid stuff, you know, mm -hmm. in high school, you know, outside of high school. And it's like, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, and where I'm at, where we are at, me and my wife with our kids is that we let them, I, I don't hold no, they have, we have rules of the house. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the main rules is respect each other. Yeah. That's it. And you, and you, you know, we believe love God, love people, mm -hmm. you know, but don't, and I'll just say this, don't be a bitch. Don't yeah. let no one cross your line. Don't yeah. let no one disrespect you. If it's warranted react, you know, but that's where we're at. You know, one thing we're teaching them, cause I let my kids cuss. Like my son, he's like, Pff. I was like, just <laughs> saying, bro, he's a fuck. I was like, you good? He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's 13. I tried that with my son and he was like, no, <clears throat> I'm like, but if you're so yeah. mad that you, cause like, fuck is my favorite word. <laughs> like my, my kids have heard every yeah. single variation of every cuss word that there is. But one thing that, especially with my, so my daughter is six and my son's 13. And so I've, I've given them both permission. <clears throat> like if you are frustrated, if you are at home, Express if you it. are with me, and it is like, you know, a safe environment. Like, don't go to class and be like, fuck you, Miss B. Like, don't do that. I don't want this homework. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, my daughter did actually get in trouble in TK last year because uh, she, thankfully, she was in the kindergarten bathroom. She was by herself. Um, That's so adorable. And she, <laughs> and the kindergarten teacher overheard her singing. And it was not an appropriate song. What and I it? got a phone call. Um, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, and, and her teacher Good called me. Her. And I was busted. I couldn't like I couldn't control my laughter. And then I was like, as much as I want to blame her dad for that one. Yeah. We were listening to that on the way to school this morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was me. But you know, uh, I I just think that's I funny because I I don't know many other parents who do that. And I love that you do. And you know, but my son, um, you know, I lucked out and it's it's partial luck and it's partial, you know, teaching them. My kids are freaking amazing. I like bet. I cannot brag about them enough. My son's 13. He's eighth grade. He maintains a 4.0 GPA while doing sports, while doing robotics, while wow. doing all of these extracurriculars, still keeps up with everything at home, is an amazing help with me and his little sister. And then Juniper is six. She's been doing competitive cheerleading for three years That's already. She's, thank you. Um, she's technically past kindergarten already. Like her first parent teacher conference, she was like, yeah, so she's, she's already got everything. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> nice. you know? And so my kids are smart. My kids are, are gorgeous. Like I super lucked out. Um, my son is definitely my reserved one though. So, I mean, now that he's a teenager, he's getting a little bit sassy and he's testing some waters and he's not as reserved, but he's still, I think he said his first cuss word in front of me, like within the last year. Mm. Um, and then my daughter is like, anytime a song comes on that has, she's like, 
Like I yeah. gave her permission one time and now it's like, all right, and we're yeah. in the car, we're at home, it doesn't matter. She'll be like, mom, play this song. And so I'll put it on <laughs> and she'll just blah. Oh, she's well, great. See, one thing I love about that, and a lot of people are probably listening and watching, they're like, what, do you guys do that? Like, no. But the thing is though, it removes the possibility yes. of doing it behind the back. Well, not only know? that. So the way that I teach them is that, because, and, and I feel like this is true in a universal sense. Words don't have meaning unless you put meaning behind them. Well, yeah. So, you know, fuck technically is not a bad word. Yeah. It's how you use it. Mm -hmm. You know, because there was one time she was upset with me in the car and I don't remember what it was about, but she goes, you're a, you're a, you're a juicy fruit. And I'm like, I busted up laughing. And she's like, is that a bad word? I'm like, well, if you want it to be a bad word and the way you're saying it to me, then, then yes. Yeah. I'm like, but. That word by itself is just a word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really try to instill in them that it's the meaning behind what they say and what they do mm-hmm. more so than the action or the word itself. Yeah, and that's true. Cause again, that's teaching them to make the choice. Yes. You know, cause I told them, like, look, girls, you know, or all of them, like, look, son, if you guys wanna do it, go mm-hmm. ahead. You know, but again, there's I, gonna be yeah. some sort of consequence to yeah. your action whether it's good or bad there's yeah. always going to be some sort of consequence to it that's real and so one thing we again we're teaching them is accountability understanding mm-hmm. and knowing look this is what it's going to bring back yeah this is what's going to happen if you know so i was like if you guys want to be that nope. i was like, but how dope would it be to be uh, just a cut above the rest and not be like everyone mm-hmm. else and i've learned that especially with myself because we as adults and people still, th- you know, I'm 41. I'm, I still have this feeling of like, I care about what people think. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like, why? You know, mm-hmm. so I think now more than ever. And again, it's not I'm doing me. No one going to tell me what to do. I, you know, it's not that. Yeah. It, it's just this next level in my life that I want to achieve. Yeah. You know? And for me, it has to take towards like, I don't want to be like everybody. I don't mm-hmm. want to be the same. Like we were talking yeah. about earlier. I don't want to get a cannon. I hate <laughs> cannon. Cannon cameras suck. Agreed. Yes. I respect <laughs> not, I respect Nikon, you know, because when I first started my business, it was either Sony or Nikon. Yep. But I was like, you know what? Sony just seems more efficient. Yeah. It's more manual. It's more do the work. If I had of- not started with Nikon, just because like, I was, so I started photography um, because I wanted to take better pictures of my son when he was like two or three. So I just went to Target for like a Black Friday deal and got like a the Nikon D3100 D- okay, yeah. or 3200 for like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took like 10 photos. Well, okay, I lied. It was probably like 10,000 photos <laughs> and they were all crappy and they were all in auto. And then it sat on the shelf for literally seven years, mm. you know, um, or maybe only five years. Cause I didn't pick it up again until I was pregnant <clears throat> with my daughter. Um, and so that is another thing like that I can attribute to my ex-husband. He did encourage me to pick my camera back up. Nice. I would not be doing photography had he not encouraged that mm-hmm. to happen. Um, so, you know, that is one thing that I can, you know, say thank you to him and attribute nice. to him. Um, but yeah. So but again, Canon sucks. Canon does suck. Um, yeah, and sorry. Wanna, and see, to, that's when, that's, yeah, that's kind of, and see, that's the mindset I'm trying to, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're instilling in our kids. It's like, look, be better. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Cause we live in a world too. In social media, man, every girl out there showing their ass, showing their tits, showing mm-hmm. everything. Nothing wrong with that. At yeah. some point it's like, damn, you yeah. know, cause I'm a guy. Yep. You know, but the thing is, is that at some point there's got to be a level, you know, at least from my point of view, mm-hmm. 
you know, because my wife is very conservative. She doesn't fly. When I first met her, she was a girl that wore the dicky pants. She had the van, <laughs> the, the checkered vans and the T-shirt, yeah. you know, very conservative, beautiful. And that's where I feel like my we want our girls to be. It's mm-hmm. like you don't need a use your mm-hmm. body to to get that let people see yeah you know you let that them see your personality your character because they are beautiful mm-hmm. you know but don't let that be you mm-hmm. you don't can let be, that be the only thing yeah. that yeah that's what i'm trying to say but the thing is my whole point is saying is that yeah you can be like everyone but how dope would it be just to mm-hmm. be a leader yeah because it's easy to follow what's easy but yeah. a leader paves a way and i well, feel and i feel like as parents that's yeah. what we're learning because like the topic we're we're on now is these these all stem from a choice, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. our experiences. And sometimes those we we didn't have a choice in, it, especially as a kid, mm-hmm. you know. And so now now getting more into back into your story because again I'll say it again, Canon <laughs> Canon Canon sucks. I hate Canon, and so <laughs> and forever will because it's an easy preset and whatever. But you know, where do you feel like now? Because I mean. After you said, like you said, your your fiance passed away, and no, you, or, no? <laughs> there's been so many things thrown around. I had a fiance; that's my son's dad. Okay, uh, the first person who I actually was dating and like okay, yeah, relationship that, yeah. with uh, after leaving my ex husband, he passed. Oh, away. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, so okay. So you, okay. you 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 know yeah. we're, we got some of the key points there. Yeah, the key points. Yeah, but get, yeah, we're, I'm like. <laughs> Trying to like, there's because there's a lot. It's okay. To take there's in. a lot, and we've done some tangents, so yeah. that hasn't helped. Kind of thrown off the <laughs> cannon. All right, well, back to Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know. But where do you think now, as far as somebody listening and watching? You know, what are like? Because you said you're an advocate mm-hmm. for this. You know, what what are the certain signs and the things? So much. You know, maybe give like the top ones yeah. that are main, the main issue. Um, you know, so I feel like. It comes back to being aware of the different like manipulation tactics and the different um, like gaslighting. So, well, what's that? What's so, the with, definition of that. So, with gaslighting, it is when somebody um, says something with the intention of um, kind of. Uh, I have not actually looked up the actual definition in so long that it's kind of it's kind of hard. Um, I'll look it up. You go yeah, ahead. I appreciate that. Well, so I'll give an example of gaslighting while you look up the definition. Yeah, stay um, on, stay on three, Laura. So it's like <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's just on his phone. <laughs> oh no, he really is. Just you know, he's over there on TikTok right yeah, now scrolling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, I was never told like, hey, you're not allowed to go out with your friends. Um, or you can't go out for girls night or you can't, you know, do something, but it would be, um, you know, when I leave the house, my phone would blow up, um, the whole time I was gone, you know, where are you, what are you doing? Why aren't you home? You know, the kids are June's crying or something's going on. Um, then when you would get home or when I would get home, it would be, um, either the silent treatment or a fight um, so that I was never explicitly told like, hey, you can't go do this. But after so many times of being trained that when this happens, this bad, when you do this, this bad thing happens. Um, and so then it just, you equate going out with your friends with getting in a fight and really? trouble at home. So then you just don't do those things anymore. And that's one of the, biggest ways that manipulators will condition you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very subtle uh, and it's very 
if you're not aware of what's going on because they won't do it every single time. There will be some times where you'll go out and nothing will happen. But then the next time you go out, it'll still be, you know, the bad reaction. So it's it's something that I didn't ever realize was a thing and I didn't even realize was happening until I was out and looking back on the situations. Mm-hmm. So like the I mean, well here's the uh, definition of it. It says my old guy I <laughs> Someone or manipulate someone using psychological methods into questions their own sanity of mm-hmm. powers or reasoning. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, I I can I can say 100. percent You know, in our younger days of marriage, I was like that because again, it's my insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of men stem. You know, what that comes from insecurity. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of men out there that aren't. I would say man enough to admit that hey, you have insecurities, mm-hmm. man. You have. You have a problem. Well, and you got to think too. I mean, as a society, uh, there's so many things. Like, especially, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I I still kind of feel like same generational experience growing up. Yeah. I mean, we were not, you know, we we were from the be seen and not heard generation. And, you know, you have to, you know, uh, if grandma and grandpa come over, like, or whoever it might be, like, you have to give them a hug. You have to, you know, uh, give them a kiss, whatever it might be. And that in itself is inherently conditioning us that we don't have the rights to our own body and conditioning that, you know, if somebody shows love and affection, we're owed it back to them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of one of the other things, too. Um, that is one of my biggest advocacy points is, you know, if, so this goes to where I I currently work the nonprofit that we talked about, you know, the focus is abuse awareness and prevention. And it's focusing on the fact that the majority of abuse is not, you know, we came from the stranger danger era, right? Don't talk to strangers. Don't get in a van. Um, you know, don't take candy, all the things. Never trust a man in a van. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Unless there's a library or a puppy, then we're going. Yeah. Um, (laughs) a corgi, (laughs) but you know, so, um, so the majority of abuse is not from strangers that does happen. That, that is a problem, but the majority of abuse actually is somebody who, you know, because they have the time to get that trust and start gaslighting you and altering your reality and manipulating Mm. you and getting it to the point where you're not comfortable, you know, going and talking to mom or to whoever the, you know, authority figure who is your safe space because they might condition you that something bad is going to happen to them if you say this or if you tell our secret, it's going to make our family fall apart and it's going to do this and it's going to. So it's really those early, early, early stages that I'm really and and it the way that I'm posing it is kids, but this happens with adults too. But it's kind of understanding that nobody is owed your body, your time, your love, your affection, whatever, um, you know, and really 
letting people understand that if somebody is making you uncomfortable, it's okay to question that. Mm. It's okay to make a statement about being uncomfortable. And if they don't respect that, they're the problem, mm-hmm. not you. Mom. Because, you know, if we go into dating, if I tell somebody no, no means no. If it's not an enthusiastic hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. You there's know, no, there, there's, there's no, no wiggle room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes all the way from, you know, seeing family as a kid. And, you know, grandpa makes me uncomfortable. Well, why does grandpa, you know, maybe instead of forcing my kid to go give grandpa a hug, Mm. maybe kind of, you know, take a step back and be like, okay, is there a reason? Are they just shy or is there something going on? Which then goes same thing with dating, you know, because then you're conditioned that if this person wants you to love them, you have to love them. No, you don't. But you don't. Yeah. I mean, again, that's bringing awareness. That's huge because a lot of people don't know that they don't mm-hmm. know the signs or like mm-hmm. am i like this they don't mm-hmm. know like they don't know like it's like i like i like to call you know things like that a life sentence yeah you know it's like you're writing this sentence it's like what's what comes after this what am mm-hmm. i trying to say what am i all oh, you finished my life sentence you mm-hmm. put the period out you actually I'm, now i can move on to the next chapter yeah because i have something to refer back to you know and, and again i think that's come Again, that comes to a a, a, a growth in your mm-hmm. life because you have to be aware because as a kid I look back at my experiences with my aunties and my uncles, man, they're still alive now. And I know they watch this stuff, you know, and what's scary about it is that I now look back because I had a seven, eight year old kid. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking like a grown man because I had to survive. Yeah. You know, I and didn't that's have a- never that's never OK. A seven, <clears throat> a, you know, a young child should never have to feel like they're in survival mode. Yeah. We me and my siblings, my my older brother, me and my younger sister. You know, because I have two younger sisters, but the little one, she never really experienced that. But it was mainly me and my brother, mm-hmm. and we were in survivor mode. That's yeah. it. We seven, eight years old. We're thinking like, how how do we survive this? If mm-hmm. you know, if we got to fight our way back yeah. out of it. We, you know, you know, those are things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You can say no. It's like yeah. then you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Then you're the issue. Yep. You know, and then 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 you live in this world. It's like, am I a problem? And that stems yeah. to you as adult. I was just gonna say because then you know how did how do you think that affected you as an adult? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's one of the things too that <laughs> a lot of people don't take the time to look back at their childhood from an objective lens and say, okay, well. Um, so I'm going to use my ex-husband as an example. He was abandoned by his parents. His parents had him. They said, here you go. Go live with grandma and grandpa. They got st- divorced and then started other families and had other kids mm. with their new partners and kept all of those kids while he was living with grandma and grandpa, who grandpa was an abusive alcoholic. Mm. So, you know, he, and then, you know, there all these other things that piled on, but, you know, never dealing with that as a teen, as a kid, as an adult, you know, because we're all just kind of the collective result of all of our experiences. Mm-hmm. And you can either become the trauma that you lived or you can learn and grow from it. Mm. And understand that you don't have to be that just because that's what you grow grew up knowing, yeah. you know. So I feel like a lot of people, both men and women, don't take the time to really focus on okay, well, what was my childhood really like, mm. and what were the experiences that 
that shaped me into the way I am mm-hmm. now? And was it positive or negative? And how can I grow from that? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're talking about is is bringing a huge. I mean, because we we hear this all the time. One thing I can honestly say: we live in a world of information at mm-hmm. our fingertips. You know, so whether people don't know or not, or you know, they're old school. They're like, I don't have a smartphone thing in my jig. You know, I have my flip phone. You know. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's there for you to educate yourself. You said mm-hmm. you took upon that education in yourself and you educated mm-hmm. yourself, you know, and I think having this topic and, you know, having you on has bring is bringing a whole new level to the show. Because, again, we do have a lot of people that and it's not, again, one group of people. Mm-hmm. It's we have a huge because right now our viewing age bracket is from 18 up to 35, 45, yeah. you know, which that's kind of what was my goal range. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like, because it, you either you can see the signs or you know, no, it's you, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, this, this is what happened to you is not your identity, mm-hmm. you know? So what happened to you is not who you are, you know? So yeah. again, we can bring awareness to it. We mm-hmm. can bring, you know, again, a life set period to yeah. it, you know? So, you know, in saying that, then someone, again, we're talking about your personal experiences, mm-hmm. you know, but how does one... Because I've seen it. You know, there were times where my parents were fighting, arguing. My my mm-hmm. mom was the one that was always manipulating, mm-hmm. saying, he's your dad's this, your dad's mm-hmm. that. How does one, you know, not try to be like that, to try to cash shade on yeah. just so you can get them on your side, you know? I hate with a passion when people use their kids as pawns. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand that. Um, I hate that it is <clears throat> prevalent. I hate that it is relatively common um even in marriages you know i mean i know plenty of couples who are together who use their kids as pawns i mean my parents did it to me and my sister you know i actually completely cut my mom out of my life Mm. uh for to this day three and a half oh no we're we're good now um but you know when i was when i was 15 or 16 so when i was a preteen um, I had a lot of issues looking back and doing research. Now I understand a lot of why I was going through what I was going through. Um, but you know, I was taken to the doctor. I was diagnosed as bipolar and manic depressive at 11, 12 years old. You're not manic depressive and bipolar at 11, yeah. 12 years old. You are, your brain is developing and you are experiencing all these different emotions and all of these different hormones. Um, but because I was a pawn for my parents, mm. I got through that. So then I was prescribed medication and therapy. And then my mom was an alcoholic. Um, She's not now. My mom was an alcoholic when I was a kid. My parents, my parents were the parents who stayed together for the sake of the kids, Mm. but fought. And my dad was traveling Europe, cheating and all these things, you know? So they very much should have not been together. Um, you know, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I was like, I'm not going to stay with somebody just for the kids. Um, but so, you know, uh, my mom was an alcoholic. She took all of the pills that I was prescribed and like flushed them down the toilet. And so you're taking an 11, 12 year old kid who's not mentally unstable. You've given her drugs to deal with this diagnosis, gotten her dependent on these drugs 
and then just taken them away. Mm. So I did have a lot of problems during that time. Um, and then my dad would, you know, plant in my head about how horrible my mom was and how my mom did this and how my mom did that. And, you know, my mom would, you know, say, call me fat or do all these things. I was a size two. Like, I was not fat. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, all of these different things. And then they would use each other. They would use me in between. Um, so when I was 15, 16, um, my dad decided to move back to Rhode Island. Um, and I was like, you know what? All right. Bye. Peace out. Like just cut my mom out completely, moved to Rhode Island with my dad. Um, and I actually did not talk to my mom at all. Not a Christmas card, not a birthday call, not a nothing, mm. um, until I was pregnant with my son at 19. Mm. You know, I mean, again, that that's an experience you have, mm -hmm. you know, and, and do you feel like sometimes that, I mean, because like you guys, you said you're fine now, but do you think mm -hmm. sometimes do you see the traces of feelings or emotion that bring you back to those moments? Um, yes and no, but it's more so on the flip side now, because now that, um, now that I've really done some actual therapy and some actual understanding um, you know, there are key things of my childhood where I realized, you know, that my my dad was abusive, you know, and so realizing that at 33 years old was hard, um, you know, and then realizing all of the things that made me the way that I was and I feel like susceptible to the abuse and all the things stemmed from those experiences in childhood. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, wow. I mean, this is deep, you know, it's one of these things where you, you can't overlook, you can't take away. It's like, eh, well, it's just this, you know, mm -hmm. cause you, again, I want to, you know, I want to be very careful. I want to like when you're holding something very important, something valuable, something it's you never just want to just like, eh, it's right there. You know, it's one <laughs> of those things. And, it, you know, because, again, I look back at my experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and again, it's one of those things where it's it stems back to how how much do you want to grow from it? Mm -hmm. it really does. Because I look a lot of I look at, you know, because a lot has happened to me, but I've done a lot to me. Mm hmm. Where, where do you feel like you started to look back until, you know, actually, this is me. You know, um, like, I, I, if I didn't make that decision, yeah. I wouldn't have been here. Oh, shoot. High school. Mm -hmm. Middle school, high school. Um, you know, I... When I was 10, I think <clears throat> I was 10 when, you know, I got my period and I got boobs. Um, so, like, that, you know, back in... And I feel like now, I mean... I photograph seniors in high school and they look like they're graduating college. Like what the hell happened to these kids? Yeah. Like, you know, and so, but I was that kid of our generation. I was fifth grade and I was a size zero with, you know, C and D boobs already where I was getting picked on. I was getting, you know, called all these names and at a very early age, older men were sh giving me attention and, you know, I didn't, I didn't keep, I didn't retain my childhood. I was manipulated, you know, by these older men looking back now. I'm like, ha, ha, they were creeps. 
But at the time I was like, oh, this 17 year old, mind you, I'm 12. This 17 year old thinks I'm hot. And this 17 year old wants to hang out with me. He's mm -hmm. cool. He's older. He has a car, mm -hmm. you know? And there were plenty of guys who I dated <clears throat> who were older than me who my dad should have very well said, mm, the fuck are you yeah. thinking? Yeah, and no he, doubt. You know, and he, and he didn't. Um, because I would. <laughs> she's like, uh, yeah, I'd be dead right now. No, she would actually be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, she, she, my daughters know, you know, because we teach them that, you know, because yeah. like you said, you look back mm -hmm. and those, you started yeah. seeing it, you yeah. know, you didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, but we're very open. But with the adults it. in my life should have been like, yeah. hey, dude, you're 12. Yeah. An 18 year old is not actually interested yeah. in you. No doubt. As a human. You know, and it's awesome because, you know, I know my our girls, we're very open with mm -hmm. their with our relationship with them. We tell them, look, you know, be your age. Yeah. You know, she's going to, she's 15. Mm -hmm. She's going to be 16. Or she's already 16. Be 16. Yeah. Don't act like, because we, again, that's what's scary about social mm -hmm. media. You yep. know, everyone gets caught up. Was it Fresno did this big old raid, you know, child pornography had like 13. How oh, many? Oh, yeah. The, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, because I worked in news mm -hmm. and we've covered a lot of those stories. And yep. it's like when they say child pornography is anybody under 18 mm -hmm. and everyone's mind thinks, OK, four year olds, mm -hmm. five year olds, six year olds. No, I'm it's not, not. Yeah, but I know. But I'm saying yeah. I'm not defending that. But the thing is, though, times are tough because any mm -hmm. dude, anybody can look on that phone and think, oh, that they, they look older. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's the time we mm -hmm. live in. It's so it's so weird, yeah. you know, and it's scary because you can't just trust it. You well, know? and I love the ones who were, um, you know, I can't remember. It was a celebrity and it was like there was they had a countdown for when she turned 18 and yes. was legal. And yeah. like, who was that? Um, I, okay. Boy, not Boy Meets World. Was right? it? Was it Lindsay Lohan? It wasn't Lindsay Lohan. No, it was it like, was, um, remember, Laura, who was that? We talked about that. God, it's dry. I'm drawing a blank on who it was. Um, was it that show Boy Meets World or not Boy Meets? No, Me no. Zach and jo Taylor, J Zach and Josh. It's like a Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. I think that's him, but you know, yeah, yeah. he they were grooming her, mm -hmm. yeah, you know. And again, that's scary, you know, mm -hmm. because those people have the intention mm -hmm. of that, you know, and, that and that's the thing because it's <clears throat> it kind of is a, it's it's terrifying because it's like in their head they've already planned that that you know the acts that they want to perform when they were a child they're that's, just waiting until they're legal that's scary and it's like no bro yeah you know so again and again it's teaching like right now because again we're very like my daughter's here she's listening she's working with us you know, we never want to hide the yeah. reality of the world to them because I, we never want one moment of their life where they're surprised, mm -hmm. where they're caught off guard. Yeah. I didn't know. Like you said, yeah. no adult taught me this, yep. you know, and so that's why we're very open with them, yeah. you know, because the communication is real, you know, and and I think that's kind of, that's the world. We, it's mm -hmm. a scary world out there. And I think too many parents are afraid to mm -hmm. have those conversations and to be open I mean, and for so many different reasons. Um, but, you know, I feel like a lot of parents are, are I, don't, I don't even know what the reasoning is. It's just they're they're afraid of of putting, you know, okay, we were talking earlier about, you know, like how much is influenced by what we see. You know, like we were talking, we could pull up YouTube and it could be, you know, all these different things. And are they influencing 
the children's minds. Grooming. And I feel like a lot of parents think that way. And they're like, well, if we talk about this, <clears throat> I'm putting that in their yeah, heads versus, like yeah, versus making it an open. And I think it all comes down to how you approach the subject mm -hmm. and having a good relationship, a good base relationship with your kids, mm -hmm. um, which I feel like I'm lucky enough that I do have a good open relationship with my kids for the most part. Do you feel like you had an open relationship with your parents that maybe like, like you do now you, you don't have, you, you didn't have that. No. You, okay. No. And so being a parent now, you know, you, you obviously, you know what to look for, yeah. especially being an advocate for yeah. abuse. So, you know, do you, and you know, and I think that's, what's important. Like mm -hmm. parents listening and watching, yeah. don't be afraid. You know, because at the end of it, they're just mm -hmm. you know either teenagers and and toddler mm -hmm. kids. So you you're you're the parent. Yeah. You know, if the, if the kid wants to be that stubborn little kid, yeah. let them. Because when I I was even even in my younger days, my dad I was the guy that was getting whooped all the time. My dad's yeah. very old school Oaxacan. He said, "Go get the switch off a tree." I went to get a <laughs> yep. switch. I got smart. Came back with the log that worked once or twice. <laughs> then he had a belt. You know, so. One one thing I feel like parents listening, watching, man, don't be afraid to say yeah. no. Don't be afraid if they, oh, I'm running away. Yeah, you know, again, it, it's going to be hard. But yeah. again, who do they go back to? Mm -hmm. What's familiar? What's safe? Because yeah. they remember as kids, you know. And I and I feel like you know that's what I love about our relationship with my like, or at least my family, our relationship with our kids. We're very open. No yeah. surprises. Be aware. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid. Like, look, dude, you're annoying me. Yeah. You know, don't be the person to ever throw the punch. Yeah. That's how we are. Don't throw a first punch, but wait. Yeah. React. You know, be smart. Yeah. Use common sense. You know, when you get out of cars, be aware. Yeah. You know, when you're in a parking lot, be aware. Don't just, you know, because oh. they're they're on there. They don't have, they've only had their phones for like a month and a half. Mm hmm you know, and, and we're all, I'm guilty of being on my phone oh, all yeah. the time, but we teach them like, look, don't be on your damn phone no. all the time. You well, know? I mean, and, you know, cause so the, I don't know that we've ever touched on this, but, uh, back in, it was 2020, um, you know, my daughter and I, I don't know what would have <clears throat> happened had I not been paying attention. Cause at that point in time, like I would be like, have my AirPods in and, you know, listening to music as I'm doing things, running errands, whatever. Um, but for whatever reason, so we went to the Petco on Blackstone and Ashland, mm -hmm. right with the Walmart right there. Okay. I think it's Petco. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we're getting in my daughter. So it was 2020. So my daughter was four and we're getting out of the car and she was on the passenger side. So I had some food trash that I was getting out of my car. And so there's two trash cans on the outside of Petco, right? And so there's one over here by that like car shop. And then there's one over here going towards Walmart. Yeah. And so the one over here towards the dark alley, there were like two women and three men just kind of hanging. There's a lot of homeless people around that area. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, it's homeless people, but I don't <clears> feel like <throat> dealing with homeless people right now. Yeah. So I got all my food trash. I got Juniper out of the car. And we walked over to the other trash can. We get halfway through the parking lot and I notice one of the men is like beelining towards my car. So I look over and he's circling my car as I'm like walking to this trash can. By the time I get to the trash can, Juniper starts having a meltdown. And so I'm dealing with her and I turn around and this guy's behind me at the trash can while I'm dealing with Juniper's tantrum. So we go in, we were getting like cat litter or something. And so we go in and almost immediately after we're in, one of the other men goes right behind me in June. And then every t everywhere we were in the store, he was within five feet. Really? 
And so, you know, and Juniper was four and she likes looking at the hamsters and the birds and all the little animals. Um, but I started noticing that he kept getting really close. And so at one point I have my purse like tucked under my arm and I like grab her and hold, just hold her in front of me. And so I'm like, you know what? Let Like we, we need to go. So I like, I like get her out of the store. We go check out and I go and the guy is like towards the side of the door. The guy who was following me comes out behind me. And I go to my car and all of the trash that I had thrown away was now on the ground next to my driver's side door. Like they had taken all of the trash out of the trash can and put it by my door on the ground. Wow. Um, and so why this was my thought process, I don't know. Um, looking back, I'm kind of glad it was, but rather than just, cause I, I posted about it immediately after it happened. Like I got on a Facebook live and I'm like, like what the fuck just happened? Um, and you know, I had quite a few comments who were like, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do I'm like, because fight or flight in the moment you like, you do what you feel is natural yeah. and what you do. So I, I literally got Juniper out of the car and I went back in the store. And when I did that, the same guy was back at my car by the time I got to the store mm. and I like stood in the front and I was like, Hey, I need a manager to come to my car with me and just make sure we're okay when we get in our car and all this stuff. And I told him what happened. And the guy, first guy, while I was waiting, walked in, stopped, turned, started walking towards me and Juniper, stopped, walked like 10 feet in the store, turned around and did the same thing. Really? And then walked out and left. And so I, um, you know, I left and then I drove around to the Walmart and there, you know, there's always a cop outside. Mm -hmm. So the cop happened to be in his car and so I like was like, hey, just so you know, like this literally just happened and they're still over there. And so he went over and I don't know whatever came of it. I don't know what happened, but it's one of those things where it's like that may have been nothing, but that could have been something. No doubt. I mean, again, it's it ha you have to be aware. Like my my wife, when they my kids are little mm -hmm. and when I'm at work, she's at the store going to Walmart, mm -hmm. going food for whatever. She'll tell the kids instead of, hey, stranger, Dane, mm -hmm. she don't want to like me. And then if they're not, you know, you never want to just profile somebody too. Yeah. So she had this thing, you know, I'll tell you the key word. Well, I believe what, what time code is this, Laura? 107. 107. So, and I'll, I'll bleep that out because I don't want to no, know. Even now we use that word, but the word is green cheese. Oh, okay. You know, so when the kids hear green cheese, they know they get close, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I'll bleep that out because, you know, we yeah. still do that, you know? But that's so, smart. Yeah. It's smart to have a safe word for <clears throat> your kids. And it doesn't even have to be in a public setting. Mm -hmm. It could even be in a familial setting, going back to what we we're talking about earlier. Having that level of, confidence in your relationship or building that relationship with your kids that they know that no matter what the situation is, you are a safe space. Mm -hmm. You are a Always. safe person that they can come to mm -hmm. and having them have that understanding. Cause I actually did the same thing with Juniper, um, last year. Uh, and it was like every day when I drop her off, she'd have a new word that if somebody different like if, if somebody came to pick her up and cause it, her pickup changed like all the time, but if they didn't know the word of the day, they were not yeah, her, there to yeah. pick her up. Well, your dad was like that, huh, Laura? Yeah. We had a code word. If yeah. Anybody was going to pick me up. They, know. they knew the word. They yeah. know the word. That day. Yeah. You know, that's smart. Cause again, I mean, this all stems from, you know, again, 
we live in a crappy world, you know, but again, you know, I don't, you know, one thing I want to like, obviously we're teaching our kids is like, man, we don't live in fear. Yeah. You know, but be aware. Don't yeah. be stupid. Don't be, don't be the, the typical, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, kind of get back to the whole point is don't be like everyone else. On your phone. Crossing the you street. Know? Don't cross the street while you're on your damn yeah. phone. Don't do that. Yeah. I. Yeah. Again, those are one of those things. Cause now we yeah. just sound like old people, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, but well, the kids were little, they were like two, three, four years yeah. old. Yeah. So I had to make sure, and I only have two hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of them's not going to have a hand. So they would like yeah. hang onto my pocket. Yeah. So I had to make sure like, yeah, they knew real easy green cheese. They knew just to hold on a little tighter, a little yeah. closer. And even we're walking in Winco. I don't even have to say it loud. It's just green cheese. And she hears it under my breath. And she knows. And she knows, grab the car, get closer to mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's so easy. It Mm -hmm. is. I don't say, look at that guy. Or, you know, it's just. Yeah. Creep. (laughs) And then she's like looking and she's like pointing that guy. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Our oldest is like that. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to stare at him. But yeah, you know, so. It's, yeah. We have to be aware. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now and, they are aware even as they're older. Yeah. Now that they're older, because again, even now they're still, I mean, you see it all the time, whether we know it's true or not, if you see a zip tie or there's yeah. on the hand. So again, you know, it's being aware, you know, again, like, and it all stems to being aware of your surroundings. Don't feel like, you know, oh, well, that's just, you know, a certain family member mm-hmm. and, you know, it's normal. Go hug them. No, yeah. It's again, it's being aware, you know, mm-hmm. but one thing I always, I'm always careful with our kids is like, look, y'all make the choice, yep. you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You live with that choice, yeah. you know, and, and that's where I feel like that, you know, I never want to <clears throat> get too far into where, where it's just, I, ne- I don't know. I've, I've been a victim of a lot of things, man, but I've also been the person, you know, I'm the asshole. Yeah. You know, I, I'm the one that said this. I'm the one mm-hmm. that did this to, and it's, I'm no better than the next guy. Yeah. So I don't want to live on a high horse just because I was victimized that mm-hmm. I deserve some special treatment. No, we are all in the same boat, yeah. you know, but how do we approach people now? How do mm-hmm. we, you know, grow past that to where it still doesn't affect us? Because again, yeah. I never want to take from experiences, man, but I never want those experiences to define who I am yeah. if I'm not willing to grow for myself, yeah. you know, and that, and again, that it's all stemming now from now that we have our kids, mm-hmm. my father didn't talk to me. He's still alive now. He's a great man doing a lot of dope stuff with his ministry. You know, dope will hawking. I love my pops. But there were conversations that we've never had. Yeah. You know, why did I have, you know, several different stepmoms in my life and how to treat a woman? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know how to, you know, and it's not so much an excuse or I'm this and I, you know, I didn't know, man. At some point, you got to take responsibility. You know, so what do I do? I have a 13-year-old son, yep. my boy, and I want him to be a man, yep. you know, provider, protector, priest of the home, you know, but respect your wife, respect your kids, yep. respect, respect. So what he what he does is now more than ever, he respects his sisters, his mom treats them like queens, yep. you know, but we know the role in, because I'm very old school, very traditional, but mm-hmm. it's not so much more of like, it's the man's way, you know, because I we very we are very traditional, and, and the man is the leader of the mm-hmm. house, you know. And I'm teaching my son that with respect, though. Yeah, it's not like I'm a man; these are my slaves. Yeah, you know. Well, I have teenagers now; they do all the dishes and all the <laughs> trash, you know. But but again, we got to teach, you yeah. know. And I want to lead by example. Yeah, because I'm not perfect. 
you know, I never want to come from this platform as I'm a, I'm perfect and I'm arrived. Hell no. Yeah. I never will because I still, even at 41, I'm still learning and growing. Yeah. And if we can never ever, if we feel like we've arrived, we're, we're, we have a problem in mm -hmm. us here. If we feel like oh, I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm good. It's all you guys. No, it's no. you too. Then that's the problem is not yeah. to, like you said, a narcissist, somebody will never admit they're wrong. Yeah. Never admit like it's all you, you yeah. know, you know, deflecting and all that, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think that, you know, with this whole conversation, you know, I love what you do. You know, you're an advocate for those mm -hmm. people that have been abused because you have experienced yeah. that. You know, so what what is your, like your we're not ending, but like because we can we can talk about this all day, oh, all yeah. night, you know, because, again, at some point now I have a problem with all this type of stuff, social media only because now it's like we hear all the motivation. We hear it. Mm -hmm. It's every we're over inundated. Everyone regurgitating the same thing. Yeah. At one point now, it's like, where do you start applying it now? Mm -hmm. Where's the application? Yeah. Now, where do you start growing with that? Without passing on, yeah. getting a, a just a group of people. In, in my experience, what we've seen, you know, a bunch of other women mm. who's been abused. Yep. All these women, we hate men. We hate this. Yeah. All their, you know. See, and I don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, but, go ahead. You know, because I feel like, like, so we kind of talked on, you know, touched on Andrew Tate and all the stuff before we started. And it's mm. both sides of the spectrum because I can't, um, I know there's a couple really big women influencers and I cannot think of their names for whatever reason. Andrew Tate just popped to my mind because I had seen something about him literally an hour before I got here. Yeah. Um. So his was the most prevalent at the time. But you know, the thing is there's extremists on both sides Facts. and it's, it's kind of, and I, I feel like it goes back to how much social media controls a lot of people's lives um whether they want to admit it or not yeah but um they you know they don't know how to create an original thought mm. it is only what this person says is gold what this person says is gold i literally do nothing but listen to this person and mm -hmm. don't take the time to actually form their own opinion about what they're saying. Yeah. Because like, like you and I said, I, I can't stand Andrew Tate, but I cannot art. Like I cannot argue that he does say some valid things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with some of the women extremists who I don't like. Yeah. I don't like, I, and, and I went through a phase where I was like, all men suck. I hate them all. Uh, they can all just like fall off the planet yeah. for all I care. Like right when everything happened with my ex-husband, I was like, fuck all men. Well, I mean, you, you know? had, you were, you yeah. had warrant, you were, you were warranted reasons, yeah. you know? So, but, but I, I think the difference is when you don't actually take the time to grow from that and you stay stuck in the, um, you know, generalization, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you stay stuck in, what everybody else is telling you and not taking that upon yourself to form your own opinion. Mm -hmm. That's true. Cause again, when you, when you don't take the time to do that and you, and you only listen to a certain side and not get like, all right, mm -hmm. well, let me check the opposite side mm -hmm. of this coin, you know, cause mm -hmm. again, that that's educating yourself, yeah. you know, cause and whether people agree with it or not, I love that uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter, you know, I really do. 
You know, I, only no, recently, I don't know anything about it, so I have no opinion. Yeah, you know, but the <laughs> thing is that, but what I'm seeing now more is that there's not just one side being suppressed, whether it's right or left. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Have at it. Yeah, you know, again, as much as I can't stand certain people mm-hmm. and disagree with them, but again, it's not my right to take what they can say. F- so free. Yeah. You know, and I never want to be that guy to take it mm-hmm. away because again, that makes me a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm I, like I said before, I, I cannot stand fake people mm-hmm. hypocrisy because I never want to line myself up with people. You know, there's a lot of things that Andrew Tate has said because mm-hmm. I did research on him and there are things he said in his past that are totally different now. Mm-hmm. And I followed a but timeline. But that goes back to what we talked about earlier, where you're not the same person today as you were 10 Come years on. ago, as you're going to be 10 years from Come now. On. If you are literally the same person you were 10 years ago and you've not evolved or grown mm. or changed in Speak any way and you are stagnant in the personality and the the human that you are, you... like. I, you what 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 is the point? What are you contributing? What mm. is your purpose? Come on, you are Paul Rico. <laughs> that is true. That's you know, true. It's and I think and I yeah. from, I would say I'm not going to back him or say I you know I support him. I don't. I I love what he mm-hmm. talks. So he's bringing awareness to the double standard. Yeah, he really is. You know, and a lot of people don't like that mm-hmm. because again, it's pointing a mirror yep. back to you. Yep. You know, and so if you're not willing to face the mm-hmm. mirror, you're going to live in defense. You're going to live yep. being offended your whole life. You know, and so again, like again, if if people are stuck in the same path, you know, ten years ago, mm-hmm. then you're you're not you're not leveling up where you yeah. should be. You know, the way I feel, God has intended us to just constantly just grow, grow, mm-hmm. be better, get better, make money, be mm-hmm. be this, be a blessing. Be yep. you're stuck in bitterness, you're mm-hmm. stuck in that. And again, like I said before, if people want to be it, be it. Yeah, you know. But a lot of times, people make their home in it, and mm-hmm. I never want to be yeah. that person because what happened to us if we if we stayed in it. Just we imagine, wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, we wouldn't. And because we have kids, mm-hmm. what are we passing on? Yep. My fear when I first became a father, when Kehlani was born, I was like, I can't be the same man. How do I undo that? Mm-hmm. Because I have now a generation that I want them to be better than me. Mm-hmm. You know, even at the age, you know, she's 15, 16. She, her editing skills and her artistic, I was like, look, be better than me. Yeah, I lived in like my hat. My dad, he always had a problem with me and my brother being better than mm-hmm. him. You know, her family, you know, and people we know. It's like you're not going to be better than me. You Why know? not? Yeah, and that's Why not? It. What's wrong with being yeah. better? Because it shows you where you failed and mm-hmm. where you were scared to step yeah. out. And I talked to her the other day, and I told her, "Baby, I want you to be better. Don't feel like because we know right now the other two, the oldest, and my son is the younger one." they're they're legit their age they just they don't they just want to they're living their life you know and i told her don't be afraid because you're you are better than them in some ways Mm -hmm. with talent skills you know so don't be afraid that you have to hold yourself Mm -hmm. back because of them if anything yeah pave a way now lead so i feel like one of the biggest problems that a lot of parents and a lot of people have with that though is the way that it's approached and the way that it's talked about mm-hmm. cuz i was having a conversation with a friend about this the other day and because if you a lot of parents will use it to pit their children against each mm-hmm. other or compare yeah. like say i yep. have matthew and juniper in the same room and juniper does something <clears throat> that matthew can't do mm-hmm. you know and being it's it's a matter of how you approach it and how you cuz you want to acknowledge that she is or that that they are good at that 
And, you know, maybe it is something that the other one can't do, but you also don't want to put them down That's real. in front yeah. of the other one. Yeah, let me let me be very open. And I'm not yeah, saying that no, you're doing that. that, but I'm, yeah. But one thing we're very, because I tell her too, it's like, just because you're gifted that mm-hmm. way doesn't mean they're not any better. Because what mm-hmm. we try to pull out of all three of our kids mm-hmm. is what are you good at? Yep. I tell them, look, man, just finish high school. I don't give a damn if you mm-hmm. want to go to college. Because honestly, I don't. I don't, because again, don't be in debt. Yeah. You know, find, because look, I got kicked out of high school. I don't have a high school diploma right now. But I have look, a GED. Yes. <laughs> homies, girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the thing is, though, I, where we're at with her, because again, we're teaching them to respect each yeah. other. You know, as as somebody like my daughter, she's, she's a pioneer. Mm-hmm. So what she's done is she's paved the way for his siblings to come along one day. Yeah. And when that day comes, she's ready. She's prepared. She's, she knows. Yeah. Because one thing I know, Again, we have instilled respect in our family with our their, yeah. like her and her siblings. Don't ever disrespect each other. Yeah. If you if you are feeling upset, do not be afraid to say, you know, not right now. Mm-hmm. I'm annoyed. I'm this. Mm-hmm. You're being like this. Y'all need, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. You know. I wish more people would teach that and model that because mm-hmm. that that is a huge hot button topic for me personally because that was one thing that would happen in my marriage. Like, you know, he would go start through, a, you know, a tantrum um, or start to pick a fight or for, or a tantrum. And I would simply ask for space. I would say, hey, you know what? Right now is not the time to have this conversation. I am not in the mental capacity or I am in not not in the emotional capacity to have this conversation. Yeah. Can we approach it later? Yeah. And what did he do? do something. He yeah. would then continue because he knows he has that upper hand. So I love that you're teaching them, you know, hey, like respect my space, respect my boundaries. This is something that we need to talk about and we need to address <clears throat> and we need to deal with. Definitely. But it's not a right now yeah. problem. It's a later problem. Yeah. And because again, that, it just shows it'll show maturity mm-hmm. to say, you know, oh, okay. Or my bad. You know, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know you're feeling yeah. this way. But on the flip side, it's like, hey, just because you woke up in a pissy mood mm-hmm. doesn't mean to give you the right to be a bitch. Yeah. You know, my yep. son too. Yep. That's real. <laughs> I'm like legit yeah. open with them because I'm not going to be that person like you get your way all the time. Yeah. I'm not like that because, again, we live in a time where everyone just gets mm-hmm. what they want. We live in a gen- mm-hmm. generation where none of these people get whooped. Yeah. Cause I'm gonna but call the cops <laughs> on you. You know, it's not yeah. like so much abuse. No, man, yeah. I got an ass whooping because I deserved it. Yeah. You know, and now that I'm older, I look back. I'm like, dang, I did deserve that. But I was. I feel a, like you know? I feel like the fact that um, you know, you have taught them to respect each other and to respect themselves from an <clears> early age. You know, when they might wake up in a bad mood, they probably don't stay in it as long as other yeah, people facts. do. That's real. You know, they probably are like, you know what, I'm kind of being a dick. <laughs> I should probably stop. (laughs) You know, that's a me problem. Because there have been plenty of times where I've done that myself. And I'm like, you know, I'm overstimulated. I'm overworked. You know, because I do work multiple jobs. You got I do. I don't know how you do it. I do run on rock stars in three hours of sleep. You know, so, um, you know, there have been multiple occasions where I have lost my shit and been like, you know what? Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. That was a me problem, not a you problem. Mm. Sorry. You are not responsible for my emotions. You mm. are not responsible. I'm responsible for my emotions and I'm responsible for how I handle them mm. and for how I react. Mm. That's again, that that's showing yourself the mirror, you mm-hmm. know, and we live in a time and I grew up, especially my dad, mm-hmm. his dad, that very prideful Hispanic yep. culture is like, you know, this 
I had to face that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things in our, in our marriage. And my wife can even say, you know, baby, you got to jump in on it. I know you probably stealing back there. <laughs> you know, I know, She's like, oh, I got opinions. You know, you know, but again, it's it's one of those things where, again, it's, I don't know. I because I, I do value myself as mm-hmm. as that as that man of the house, you know. But I do value myself in my and my shortcomings. Mm-hmm. I really understand my shortcomings, and I'm self aware, very yeah. self aware. We hear it all the time, man, because it's very cliche. Mm-hmm. My my whole goal in 2023 is really to revive the cliche, not so much as constantly talk mm-hmm. about it, but live it out. Yeah, what people trip out on, you know, and this is one thing we're very proud as parents together is that we. People come meet our family and they meet our kids and we're hanging out and they're like, dude, what's wrong with your kids? <laughs> we're like, what do you, what do you mean? Cause they're not being disrespectful and yeah, acting out and, and being actually, crazy. They're not and on they're, their phones. Yeah. They're, they're very aware of their surroundings. And there's like, hey, my son, how are you? Mm-hmm. How was your day? Mm-hmm. You know, who did Caleb ask that Laura? And they're like, Oh, no one. Oh, uh, we were, it was Ruby from Kurt. Oh, okay. She's like, she was kind of taken back. Cause she was like, no one's ever asked me that before. A student, a young man. She's like, she's like, I'm actually lost for words right now because mm-hmm. I don't even know how to respond. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it blessed her to know that he was actually wondering, like, how yeah. was your day? Yeah, and everyone trips out. They're like, dude, your kids are actually good. <laughs> I was like, it's like I told him, but I, facts. I'm like, I told him, like, look, it's not a new thing. Yeah, it's just what's lacking in society mm-hmm. because we're afraid to tell our kids mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Nah, oh, man, yeah. these guys had heard no their whole lives. And guess what? If they threw, te- we never went through terrible two phases. Yeah. Never. You know, we we're very aware how to approach our kids and how to discipline them, how to talk to them. Mm-hmm. We don't say, I'm going to count to three. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's like, look, this yeah. is it. They got to know the role. And then as they get older, yeah. they see the example. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not about repeating the cliche now. Mm-hmm. It's to me now, I'm about. I got, we hear practice what you preach, practice what you preach. Now I'm like, you know what? Preach what you practice, man. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you, cause everyone can see this, mm-hmm. especially on social media, yeah. you know? And again, I'm getting on my little soapbox and I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, but the reality is that we, we got, we have to live by a new example because I feel like the problems we have today, especially in society with men and women, you know, because we do see, hey, teachers and women sleeping with students, young boys, mm-hmm. you know, and it's vice versa. And it's like, what trained them? What mm-hmm. taught them that? What, you know, what temptation or what things they were watching mm-hmm. or what did they align themselves? Or, or what, what happened in their yeah, life? What, what experience happened? did they have? Yeah, yeah. And so what we're teaching now, I hope that people listening mm-hmm. and watching can look at their younger generation. Yeah. So, you know, let's start over. Yeah. Let's make a new approach and say we can kill the mm-hmm. root. Kill the root in your generation. Well, and I feel like, you know, one of the biggest factors in that is really, you know, not necessarily not not just being self-aware, but having self-respect and having, you know, because the thing one of my one of my favorite, um, you know, things that I like to talk about is that. You are literally the only person who's going to spend your entire life with you. Mm. So if you don't respect yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't show yourself that you are the most important person in your life, nobody else is going to have that respect, that love and those feelings for Mm. you because, you know, and, and, and that goes back to personal experience. I, when I met my ex-husband, I, was a hot mess. Like, you know, I, when I met my ex-fiance, I was a hot mess. When I met my, my ex-husband, I was a hot mess. I did not have self-respect. I did not have self-worth. I did not value myself. And 
it showed in the situations that I put myself into. Mm. Um, and I know because there are still times where I fall back into that. Mm. And, you know, there have been a few occasions, you know, and that's one of the things that with was the premise and the idea behind my podcast because Let's I talk was, about that. <laughs> you know, I was, um, Good segue. I was, uh, I was on Snapchat. Um, so I use my, I, you know, all my social media is, is business related. My Snapchat is my personal, my Snapchat is where I have my, my close friends who, you know, I do, all the goofy, crazy, stupid shit before it goes to my social media. And I'm like, oh, is this okay? I don't know. Um, but you know, I was um I I was going on I had a couple dates and it was this one guy and he was like perfect, right? Like literally perfect. Um, which is always not true, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, but you know, it was this huge faux pas. I um, so I kind of went through a bit of a hoe phase, you know, right after I left my husband, and I'm I'm okay with that. I I acknowledge it. You know, I know that I did. I was on uh, I was on Bumble. I was on Tinder. I was on all of them. You know, and um, to the point where I couldn't even keep track of people. Right? Like, I mean, you know, just but then I would never meet half of them anyway. <laughs> it was just conversations. Yeah, it's just fun. It was just you know bored. Yeah. Really, just bored. Which a lot of dating especially for our generation i feel like that's what it is mm -hmm. is they're not maybe some are actually looking for people but i feel like the majority of us are just bored yeah and we're just looking for somebody to talk to looking for somebody who maybe has a shared experience or maybe you know whatever so i was on my snap and i was on my story and i was like talking about uh, I had a date lined up with, um, Luis and you know, if you're watching this, Hey, um, <laughs> well, it's funny cause he's, he's, he's a goofball. We're, we're good friends now. Um, and so I had a date with him and so I was at work and I sent him a video message when I thought was him, a video message. And I was like, Hey, just touching base for a date tonight. Cause it was in text and I hadn't heard back from him. And so like a couple hours later, when I get off work, I go on to Snap and I'm like, hey, I sent you a message this morning, but I never heard back from you. So like, are we still on for tacos tonight or like what's going on? And he was like, well, I never I never got it. Well, not long after that, um, I get a text message in my text to Luis where I'd been corresponding with Snapchat Luis. We'll just call him Snapchat Luis. Um, but it was from somebody else. Really? It was from another Luis who I had talked to like six months prior and had not talked to since. Really? But my phone had merged the contacts. Oh. And I didn't know it because I had been <clears throat> conversing with Snapchat Luis this whole time. Not once had my messages sent to the other Luis. The other Luis got high hopes. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so he messaged me and he was like, he was, it was really weird. He was like, hey, Sarah, did you mean to text me? And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> are we on or not? Um, and then there was something else. And then I, so I was snapping the other Luis and I was telling him what happened. I was like, oh my God. And I, it dawned on me what had happened because I went into the contacts and it had two phone numbers and one was San Francisco and one was Fresno. And I'm Dang. like, oh, that was, that was that. <laughs> so I was on my snap story and I was talking about it and I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just make a podcast because I'm gonna teach y'all what the hell not to do. Cause like, mm -hmm. delete them, delete them mm -hmm. if you're done with them. You know? Yeah. Um. How's that podcast going though? You know, so it it's it took a it's it's slow. So I dropped the podcast about, is the yeah, long game. I dropped about five episodes um in October, 
And then I just haven't had time to record anymore. I, I've had time. I just haven't made time. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but I, uh, I kind of hit a bit of a wall because I was like, well, you know, how much of it do I want to be dating stories? How much of it do I want to be? Because the premise behind it um, is, you know, life and dating after abuse. So a lot of it also is meant to teach um, through my experiences of what I went through with, um, you know, understanding manipulation mm-hmm. and understanding the things that I didn't know. Cause you only, you, you don't know what you don't know. No. And if you haven't experienced it or you haven't had somebody who's been through it. And even then I can talk your ear off all day long about X, Y, and Z, but if you've never experienced it, you're not going to see it on the same yeah. level as somebody That's who right. has. And even somebody who has their experience is always going to be minusculely different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so the first few, I think all five of the episodes are small, smaller ones about abuse. Hold on. Let me actually check. Cause I don't know. We're gonna, but you know, so it was, it was kind of to teach and kind of, we're not going to do that. Uh-oh. <laughs> D- a DM. A DM. <laughs> you know, so um, the first episode is literally just my intro. Um, and then the second episode uh, was actually, so October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so I just happened to drop my podcast on October 20th, which uh, is known as Purple Thursday. So that's technically um, Domestic Violence Awareness Day. So I did a second one that day, like in my car. I was like, hey, like, uh, you know, and just kind of talking about that. Um, healthy relationships versus toxic relationships, the four trauma responses and confirmation bias. So it's a little bit of education um, with some crazy storytelling because I'm really bad at staying on topic. I do a lot of tangents. Like I used to have a podcast with one of my friends in Australia um, and it was a business show. And our episodes were about 45 minutes because it would be like, this is the premise behind the show. Here's a 30 minute tangent talking about how much we both hate birds. And then here's the point. And tacos. <laughs> and then yeah. and then here's the end point with our, you know, our, our tangible, mm-hmm. you know, advice. Um, but, you know, I, I actually have some friends. I'm like, hey, you know, give me your dating stories. Like, if you don't want to tell them. Let me tell them. Yeah. And I, so I had actually put out on my snap, and this is why I was like, oh, Louise, if you're watching. Um, I put on my <laughs> snap, I was like, hey, like if you have, you know, a dating story that you're cool with me sharing, like send it to me. Um, and so his ass sends me a snap <clears throat> about our date. And I'm like, sir, if it's about me, don't tell me. Yeah. Like, I already know. I lived it. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't I, was, I was there. I'm like, and unless you're going to come on there and banter with me about it, Back up. Mm. But yeah. Well, you know, again, it's funny because, again, you're speaking from experience. And one thing I, I love about podcasting is that you have a platform you can speak out, man. Mm-hmm. Really, you can. And, and man, podcasting in the past couple of years has taken off. Mm-hmm. And it's you, so easy now. Like, literally anybody can do it. It's That's real. Like, anybody from their phone, mm-hmm. you, can, you can do, you know, Anchor or Podbean or whatever. Get a subscription, you know, to, to put them all out there. You know, and I feel like with this with this type of platform, you know, again, I'm very aware who I have on. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of, you know, why I want, you know, mm-hmm. why they want, you know, I, I I look into them, you know, and with you, just like your vibe and what we, you know, what you said in your email really spoke mm-hmm. volumes. I showed my wife that that night 
I was like, I got to get back to her. I got to get back to her. You know, no, but no, it's not that. It was, it was legit because again, these are topics that I would say a lot of people talk about, but again, it comes from a very cliche point Mm -hmm. after a while. It's like, you're just saying what so-and-so said, you know, but that's one thing I love about my podcast is that it speaks from the real experiences, but now the next step of it is actually, you know, how are we speaking? Yeah. How are we putting it out there? Because mm-hmm. what we say, mm-hmm. our words have impact. Our words have meaning. Our mm-hmm. words have that. Yep. So if we're speaking from a place of that mm-hmm. bitterness or yep. hurt, you're only adding to somebody's bitterness and hurt mm-hmm. because, look, they're like me. So you're hyping them up. Mm-hmm. You're putting that on them. So, again, that's like me as a father, as a husband, as a man. I'm very aware of what I put on my yep. family. Yep. So I don't, especially on my son. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware what I put on him. If I if I'm saying or thinking or in a mood or just whatever, mm-hmm. and he's watching, be aware, Jose, because mm-hmm. there's there's more than just hey, you're a little tantrum yeah. or your little bad mood because you're setting a generational mm-hmm. curse. You're setting something. Oh, yeah. in, so that's why I'm aware when I speak because I want to speak from the healing mm-hmm. aspect of it. Because again. I don't want nobody to feel like how I felt or yeah. add to it. I want them to feel what I have experienced now. Mm-hmm. You know, I never want to take people's hurt and pain experience from there, but that's not who you are. Don't yeah. stay in it. You know, again, when we make the choice to put ourselves in it or not, yeah. again, how do we approach it? How do yeah. we speak from it? Because again, we've seen it. Like you said, you know, when you, your husband, you guys got a divorce. I hate men. I, it mm-hmm. becomes the same yeah. thing. You know, and men are just mm-hmm. dogs, you know. I, you know, I'm going to go out and just clap cheeks all day because I'm going to make her jealous. Yep. That's the reality, yep. you know. And so, and again, I want to teach by example, by pre- practice or preach what I practice mm-hmm. so my kids can see it. Because yeah. when these cameras are off, I'm the same guy. Yeah. You know, they know. Because there were there. I was on a podcast before called Unfiltered and I was so fake. Yeah, I was. I was saying all this stuff. It was right, mm-hmm. but I was so fake, and yeah. I knew she, they'd sit back there and just like, man, man, nah, that- fucking you fake. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, they're like, like yeah. <laughs> you know, and and the thing is though, it's like, I because one thing I once I started seeing myself, mm-hmm. I hated it. Yeah, because it's like, dude, that's not who you are. Because I was at a phase where I'm a mm-hmm. new me. Yeah, like, like everyone does. But that's the like, and we talked about that already. And it's like the the way the the toxic extreme of what that's become as a norm in society. <clears throat> because you know, yeah, like there is a point where you have to you have to do you. You have to do you. You have to. But not in the sense of that literally becomes your entire personality. And it becomes destructive. Yeah. You know, so one of my, a couple of my favorite things, and I know you said, you know, you're not like big in the un- like universe type stuff. So for me, I'm not religious per se. I, I like to be, say that I'm spiritual. That's more so because I grew up in the Bible Belt. I have some issues with church. It's a thing. So, but you know, uh, I do believe in a higher power. I just call it universe and focus on energy versus, you know, um, angels, you know, God, that type of stuff. Um, so, you know, how you were talking about like what you speak, you know, what you speak, what you listen to, what you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many cliches that we could go through. Like you're only as good as the five people you surround yourself with. You do, you know, what you say, what you listen to, how you act, how you speak, that is what's going to manifest around you. That is what's going to become your reality. So like if you go and listen to my 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 last episode, hopefully it won't be the last one when this airs. So episode five of my podcast, you know, it's called Confirmation Bias. And that's one of my favorite topics to talk about because 
I can talk about it from a spiritual standpoint. I can talk about it from a scientific standpoint. And it's the same thing, just different names. And it's essentially, um, from a spiritual standpoint, be the energy that you want to attract. So if you put out positive vibes, you're going to get positive vibes back. If you put out negative vibes, you're going to get negative vibes back. But if you look at it from a scientific standpoint, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. As a kid, you don't realize the depth of that statement. As an adult and actually listening to that and processing it and realizing that that statement is so legit because if you say, I can go start this business, you're going to align yourself and do actions that make that happen because you have that belief in yourself. You have that understanding that you are capable of doing this thing. But if you say, I can't start this business, you are going to focus on all the ways that it is not possible. I don't have time. My kids have to do this. I have to do this. My husband doesn't support me. My wife doesn't support me. My friends think it's dumb. My You're going to focus and you're going to, your brain is naturally going to confirm what you're telling it. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I 100% agree. You know, one thing I, I am, I, I, I'm a type of person, you know, I count the cost first. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have all your dreams mm -hmm. and, you know, the vision and all this, I'm, you know, but the reality is, mm -hmm. though, it's going to take some work. It is. You know, and the, the, the reality is that you got to invest because when we start, when I started my business and we made the conscious decision, even in the beginning, because we've been married 17 years, mm -hmm. she's been a stay home mom since, mm -hmm. you know, and our kids are even now they're currently homeschooled. They've been homeschooled. Mm -hmm. You know, we we made the conscious decision to say, you know, it's going to be hard to live off one income, mm -hmm. but guess what? We're going to work our way mm -hmm. to it. And so when I finally quit my job at 26, put my two weeks in, I did a year's worth of work doing two jobs, mm -hmm. you know, going to work at two in the morning. Cause mm -hmm. that was my schedule getting off at noon and then one, two o'clock get to work afternoon, work till eight o'clock. Cause I'm trying to book, mm -hmm. you know, shoots, do all this stuff. So I did that for a year. I was getting three hours of sleep mm -hmm. a night. <clears throat> you know, having to wake up at work one in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, so count the costs, know yeah. it, you know, because again, what you put into it again, mm -hmm. as a farmer, yep. you know, somebody, cause I've worked in the fields, mm -hmm. you know, we, I've tied vines, you know, we've done all the pruning, we've done all the mm -hmm. work. Cause when, you know, the reality is once you put, put it to work, you'll start seeing the fruit. You'll yep. start seeing the results. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm a manifest this, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, well, so, oh so there so it again, is. You know, it's like, again, I, yeah. I live in, I, you know, I, I respect that yeah. thinking. I do. Well, see, but that also has its toxic extremes too. Yeah. And that, and I don't agree with the toxic extremes. The toxic extremes are the people who just say, oh, I'm going to manifest this and it's going to happen. But, yeah, mani yeah. but manifesting in itself goes down to aligning your <clears throat> actions with your words and backing up your actions. That's real. Because I can say I want a million dollars all I fucking want. But <laughs> yeah. until I actually take the steps to make that happen. Yeah. So it's, you know, I feel like a lot of the like toxic, uh, you know, manifestation, spirituality, culture does give it a bad name because it does. There are so many. Yeah. So so I think many. that's what turns yeah. me off on it. And I get that because yeah. there are so many and they're the loudest. Mm -hmm. They're always the loudest yeah. that are like, oh, if you just manifest and you do this and then your have dreams you done, will come have true. You, have you done DMT yeah. to activate your third eye? I was like, <laughs> but, what? 
But, you know, and, and so and so because they're the loudest, that's what everybody in the, you know, in the rest of the spectrum sees. But what it comes down to is literally basically having the plan, having the vision Count the cost. and then going backwards and saying, what steps do I need to take to make this Come happen? And then I, it's yeah. the belief. The manifestation for me is putting the belief behind the actions mm -hmm. so that you have the belief in yourself that you can do it. You have the actions and then you're actually taking the steps to make your actions align with your words and your Come beliefs. On. That's motivation right there. So I agree. <laughs> I agree. And so again. I understand. Trust me, I do. Because I have so many friends. Like, I, I have my crystals. I love my crystals. <clears throat> I have my tarot. I love my tarot. But the way that I do it is not, oh, I'm just going to listen to this card. It's going to yeah. tell me what to do. No, it's going, I take it. I do the reading. I read it. And then I'm like, okay, well, how does this relate mm -hmm. to what I'm currently going through? And what actions can I take from that? Mm -hmm. I like that. You know, again, I 100% agree with you because to bring it full circle is this, you know, you're not what happened to you. No. You know, you, but. But it's part of me. It is a part of you. And the reality is, is that what you choose to do to go mm -hmm. through it, you know, accept what happened to you, I would say. But again, find a way to grow to where it doesn't hurt you. Yep. It doesn't keep you stagnant. It doesn't keep you locked in the victim mentality mm -hmm. or any other mentality, but forward. You know, again, I, I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. You know, my wife had to learn that the hard way. I couldn't blame nobody but me at one at some yeah. point. Because at some point, you got to take the responsibility of growth. Yeah. You know, again, stay in it. Again, I highly recommend staying in it. Mm -hmm. You know, but again, how long you choose to stay in it eventually becomes mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to grow because I'm not living for myself no more. Yeah, I'm doing me. I'm taking care of me and you know, but you have a bigger yourself. purpose and you have it's, a bigger. It's more than myself. Mm -hmm. It's more than me now, mm -hmm. you know, because once we said I do and once we made kids, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. it became that, then that's the reality. Yeah. It's like, you know what? For me not to have my son, especially because it's more personal because I have a son now. I'm not going to be what my father was. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be what my grandfather was to him, yep. you know, and then so on and so on. Again, I want to change a family tree, you know, mm -hmm. and so and I think where we're at now is that like you are the author, I feel like, of mm -hmm. your life, you yeah. know, but whatever higher power, whether you believe in God or not, again, man, put it's 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 in your corner, mm -hmm. you know, find the right people to, yeah. that have that same mindset. I really mm -hmm. do believe that, you know, I do love that that mentality because of an alpha male, because a lot of people think, oh, it's toxic masculinity, it's this and that. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm looking for those men that have that mentality, mm -hmm. not only for the like, oh, just prideful men and, you know, yeah. women are. No, it's not. I feel like it's a different mentality because mm -hmm. I want to redefine that because yeah. I look at where my daughters are right now. There's going to be day a day where someone's like, Mr. Cruz. I'm here to take Lily out. Mother, you know. <laughs> no, you know, you're not. Let's try know, that again. But, but that's the thing is, yeah. though, have I prepared them for mm -hmm. that? You know, and my son, same thing. Because yeah. I'm not going to treat them any different. Oh, it's my boy. He going to get the girl. No, yeah. dude. You know, Mr. Cruz, I'm here to visit Caleb. No, you're not, girl. Why? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things. It's like, we got to teach you. We got to mm -hmm. show you. It's no longer me living for me now. Mm -hmm. It's me and my wife. When yeah. we said I do, 
this is it. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone's asked, oh, Laura, you do all this. Where's your me time? Her me time's our time. Yeah. You know, we became one. You yeah. know, we get in this world. Like, I'm doing me. You know, you need to make time for you. And we get so wrapped up in mm-hmm. the new the new philosophy, this new thinking. It's like, no, we said I do. Yeah. Our time is their time, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that's again, that's a sacrifice of yourself. Because mm-hmm. when we said I do, that's it. Yeah. No excuse. My old life, what I was like, I'm, you know, I need Jose time is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go hang out with my boys, have a couple of beers. But how how often has that been now late, lately, Laura? <laughs> Not very. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we we just know it's yeah. again, it's there has you have to grow your ass up. Yeah. But I feel know? like that's also a difference in, you know, a lot of relationships. I feel like today there's. Mm-mm. Okay, there's so many things. Um, what's the main point? So, like, a lot of people don't sit in their own feelings and understand why they feel the way they feel about certain things. And then they're not really able to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. They think they're ready for a relationship, but they're really not. Because, like, I feel like, you know, having that relationship and that in that level of love and affection and intimacy and caring where you actually do want to spend your time with that person mm-hmm. you know um i mean don't get me wrong like i feel like there's nothing wrong if you are together with somebody and you do have different interests like if i don't like snowboarding and if i end up marrying somebody who likes snowboarding like i'll go i'm probably not going to snowboard but then if they also want to do a solo trip snowboarding that's fine like you know I, but i feel like it just depends on what your relationship is and how you i just yeah you know, how you right. approach it but i feel like most people nowadays aren't actually they they don't have the right reasonings behind getting in a relationship it's not because they actually it's because they're looking for somebody to complete them but it goes back to the whole loving yourself yeah. piece and if you aren't because <clears throat> like a relationship a marriage isn't about finding that puzzle piece that completes you in my opinion, I feel it's about finding somebody who pushes you to be better mm-hmm. and you can push them to be better. Mm-hmm. It's not a completion. It's not a competition. It's just finding the right level of respect and admiration and trust where it's it's not a competition. That's real. I mean, because at some point, I remember when we first got married, I had no idea what we're doing. We We didn't, man, like most, you know, but again, I've learned the hard way, but I've learned. You know, mm-hmm. and I've and I've applied, you know, and she can speak. I don't want to ever speak for her, you know, and she has what she wants. She wants to say people. I was like, oh, how's it feel? You know, Laura, we know what you put up with. And she's like, no, yeah. we don't. I don't put up. We we just we're, we do what we do. And, yeah. it's like, and then, you know, one thing one thing I used to do, I used to do these short clips and she would come in out of nowhere. It's like, hey, Jose, you know, it's one of my reels. She's like, what do you say to somebody who's trying to find a relationship? Yeah. You know, my my honest answer is like, quit looking for a relationship. Yeah. Quit putting yourself out there as single as this. Mm-hmm. Just fix you. Yes. Focus on your life. Focus on the the best thing you can do and be for yourself. Yes. And again, it's not like oh, I'm doing me and no one's gonna tell. Oh, I don't need no man. Yeah. I don't. You know, it's none of that. Yeah. It's fix you. Yeah. Fix your life in the best mm-hmm. way. And when somebody comes in, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be in stride. Yeah. It's not like you said. No, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah, and see, that's where I feel like people focus on I need a beat Mm because everyone's like, oh, so-and-so is a relationship. Mm -hmm. Social media, the worst Mm -hmm. thing, best thing ever happened to us. The comparison game. Yeah, and it's horrible. You know, so one thing I tell, I I would say my message, somebody in a relationship, man, just don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, so what if you're, like, I have a friend of mine. I'll say his name's name, Tony. (laughs) Tony Rodriguez is a 42-year-old virgin man. Aw. Yeah, and he has his purity ring. 
And this man is saving himself for his I wife. Love that. You know, and the thing is, I tease him all the time, you know, but it's one of those things is like he's saving himself. Yeah. He's not worried about even now. Yeah. He's he's like living I'm at some point in my my mind, the selfish Jose is like, damn, I wish I had that. Yeah. I wish I was I yeah. wish we would have waited, but no, this is the best thing <laughs> yeah. that ever happened to us. Yeah. But for him, I tell like my kids, just wait. Yeah. You guys, when you're older, go travel. You guys build a build an experience mm -hmm. that we were always afraid or never we were we never did. Yeah. You know, and again, it's experience life for what it is. Fun. It's amazing. It's yeah. never, we could talk about the fear, green mm -hmm. cheese, stranger danger. Mm -hmm. Nah, man. It's what's that time code on that one too? One fifty two. Okay, so and again, man, we're actually getting into, <laughs> but again, that's the whole point. I feel like is that is like, man, just you live out your life, man. What you allow in is mm -hmm. gonna be is gonna be a repercussion of what the yeah. outcome's gonna be, man. Yeah. I am Paul reaching, you know. <laughs> what I did feel I like say? This is a really damn good episode. Yeah, it is because again, what you put in and what mm -hmm. you allow in, man. There's gonna be results. Yeah. You know, if you want toxic relationship or you're a toxic person, mm -hmm. man, guess what? It's you're only gonna, gonna get worse. Yep. That's what, and that and pretty much shows who you are. Yeah. Fix your life. Yeah. Admit, I got a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm this, and I'm that. Mm -hmm. I need to fix it. All right, start somewhere. I feel like the pandemic might have helped a little bit with that because people had to learn how to be alone. And I, because that was my biggest problem. Yeah. When I first, um, when I first left, that's why I went straight into, let me jump on all the dating apps and find somebody because I'm lonely, because I'm bored, because I didn't know how to be alone. So what I started doing was I took myself out to dinner. I took myself out to lunch. I went to the bar by myself. I went dancing by myself. I would just stay home because the first like the first few months when my kids would be gone with my ex-husband for the weekend, I was occupying myself with anything that I could do to get my mind off the fact that I was alone. Because this is the first time in literally my entire life that I have been single for more than a month or two. I have been in a relationship of some sort since I was 14, 15 years old. Mm. I have never been single for more than a month or two. I did not know how to be alone. And where are you at now with all this? I love it. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to date or be in a relationship again. Like, I love my solitude. I have gotten to the point where I value myself and my solitude more than I, you know, care about just filling the void. If you do not bring value that is more, uh, you know, more magical, I don't know the word I'm looking for, more valuable than my time alone, why are you there? If it does not, you know, and if I'm not bringing value to you, why am I there? But are you, are you open? Like, what if someone's like interested? Are you open to like, let someone in your space? Yeah. You know, if, if there's, you know, a connection, if they're, I, I mean, I'm not closed off to dating. I still go on dates. Um, but I look at it now more as kind of a social experiment and I go into it with no expectations, you know, and I feel like too many people nowadays, they go into it, they have all of these expectations and this like checklist that they're trying to like check all these boxes on every date they go with. And it's like, you know, no, just see if you even like each other as human beings. See now, if you enjoy their company. Well, so that and saying that thing, because I know this is kind of getting into like the Tate topic okay. and, you know, you know, and just really the like very traditional relationship, you know, because mm -hmm. we live that. Yeah. You know, she, you know, she knows mm -hmm. her position in life in our house. I know mine. Mm -hmm. You know, we are equal, but the reality is I'm the I'm very 
I'm the priest of my home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I asked, no, my kids yeah. never manipulated us. Hey, dad, can I do this? No. And they go ask mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, go ahead. We yeah. we never dealt with that because we had to understand once mm-hmm. when she says no, I was like, mm-hmm. no, mom said no. What mom say? Mm-hmm. All right, get in the room. You can get your ass banged because you yeah. try to manipulate, you know, because we're very aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, what if someone came into your life and you're so used to living this solo life, mm-hmm. me, and I've I found me, I've discovered, mm-hmm. you know, and someone and a man comes in your life and he's like, well, we're, let's do this. Are mm-hmm. you willing to sacrifice that part of what you've gained yourself? I'm always to willing give, to discuss. To give. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, so, that's a huge yeah. trust. No, that is. And and that's a good point, you know. And I feel like in every in every scenario that would kind of go with that, it really is dependent upon the situation, you yeah. know. And I I have nothing against, you know, a... Uh, typical hierarchical familial structure. Like, you know, the man is the breadwinner, the, you know, the woman is the supporter. I have no problems with that. You know, if that's what works for you, that may not work for everybody and yeah. that's fine. And that's where I come from. I'm like, you know what? If, if I do meet somebody who makes me feel comfortable enough and confident enough in his ability to be that caregiver to be that protector to let me relax to Mm. let me have my guard down i'm not against giving that a try Mm. but i've been in the situation three times where i thought i had that and i didn't Mm -hmm. and i had to live in trauma response Mm. and i had to live so that definitely is my trauma yeah you know um reflecting and you know influencing my decision-making as far as that goes. Yeah, I know we're pushing it. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> you know, but, but, you I, know, lo- but I, love yeah. the, I love how we're talking about this because, you know, we can, we'll wrap it up with this too. I feel like this is a great way to end it, you know, mm-hmm. because the reality is, I think it's, because again, I don't blame you. Yeah. I really don't. And I've seen, and I know a bunch of dirt bags out mm-hmm. there. I really do. Yeah. You know, but I do know some, like my buddy, Tony, man, 42 yeah. year old version. But I think, like know? I said, you know, <laughs> like, the thing is, it is all situational mm-hmm. and it is all circumstantial. Yeah. And it is being able, and this is literally for everybody, If is you need to be able to have an open mind. Come That's on. the biggest thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you say, I'm not willing to try, mm-hmm. whether, you know, especially if it's a situation that you've never been in, mm-hmm. if you automatically close it off because society says one thing, or, you know, my dad did this, or I've lived this, you know, y- you you're going to close yourself off from potential amazing opportunities. They may suck. You may regret it, but it's either a lesson or a blessing. That's real. Either something amazing comes out of it or you learned what you don't want That's and real. what you won't tolerate. That's so true because again, again I I'm always say <laughs> this, I never want to never want to take away from people's experiences, but mm-hmm. again, either it happened by not your doing mm-hmm. or it did. Mm-hmm. You know, and how But it's you, a matter yeah. of how you deal with it. Yeah, it's a matter of how, how you, you respond grow. to it. Yes, and that's where I feel like a lot of people are afraid they get stuck in mm-hmm. the, oh it really becomes a victim mentality it and it just, it's over, it's overdone. It's like, everybody's wrong. Everybody's this. It's like, no, it's you, mm-hmm. please. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry what happened to you, but look at, mm-hmm. you're not the only one. Yes. So you're, you're not entitled to this special mm-hmm. treatment because 
It's a and little, it's not you know, that, because I feel like people who are stuck in the victim mentality, when somebody comes to them with that, it is, you know, automatically that you're invalid, you're invalidating their experience. That's real. But it's not, you know, and don't get me wrong. There are some people who do it with that intention mm-hmm. and with that malicious intention behind it. I don't like people it. like that. But, yeah. you know, if it's simply trying to tell somebody, hey, look, like, yeah, some shitty stuff happened to you. But that is not who you are as a human. Yeah, you don't stay in it. You need to learn, like sit in it, feel it, mm-hmm. understand why That's what you, you know, it. understand why you feel this way, understand why this is affecting you the way that it is, and then grow from it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like when you meet new people. Mm-hmm. Don't put it on them. Yes. Again, that's why you speak mm-hmm. from healing, not from the pain. Yep. You know, I mean, I love this. Girl, you are amazing. Thank you. So you, are, are you. you. You're so dope because, <laughs> again, these are the type of conversations that I want to, the type of topics and the passion, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, we we believe probably different type, you know, oh, sides yeah. of the spectrum. Oh, trust me. There's there yeah. some things I'm like, you know what? I don't know mm-hmm. how we're going to navigate that conversation. Yeah. But you know what? I love, I love when somebody can agree to disagree and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not attacking me in any way and i'm not attacking you in yeah any and way. i feel like that should be the norm yes but we don't not. live in that you be. know but i think if we take these small steps into that man what what a what a we're awesome modeling world. the behavior I, I agree you know and i think we do this thing on the show you know baby if you want to say like what overall maybe you can start it like your last words last thought overall conversation you know what do you think about all this well um one of the things that while you were talking, it was talking like when you were younger, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like when I was in high school, my parents were like, mainly <clears throat> my mom was like, you can't have a boyfriend. You mm-hmm. can't have a boyfriend. You can't have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, why? She never told me why. Mm-hmm. She never explained, look at this is what they want. Yep. This is the only thing you're, you know. And I think if that conversation was different instead of her being hostile about not mm. having a yeah. boyfriend, you know, I wouldn't go behind their backs. Mm-hmm. And have a she did that with me. You know? <laughs> so were you the boyfriend behind the back? <laughs> <laughs> so um, literally, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm. Let me get back to Jesus. But I'm sorry. definitely, if those conversations would have been um, had. I think it alleviated a lot of junk that I went through and like situations of like, why don't I have a boyfriend kind of thoughts, you know, but you know, that was interesting and that you made me think about that. And um, it kind of reflected back in our um, um, conversations with our girls. It's like, we got to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it, and some parents don't. Yeah. And they, that allows other people to talk Mm -hmm. about it and it's okay to, you know, date in high school and go to parties and mm-hmm. you know it's dangerous honestly it, it is. is and it's if you can still go to high school and have fun and not be in that, mm-hmm. that lifestyle situation yeah. lifestyle yeah. but uh, you know that was um that's one thing that really came to mind thinking in my past like okay you know yeah that's one thing that i think my it could have been really helpful yeah <laughs> Cause it left you, it left you with the unknown and like, mm-hmm. well, how do I fill this gap? How do yeah. I, cause again, my, again, I didn't get that. I was just taught, man, those, those are girls. You mm-hmm. get at them. Well, that and not it, only you know. that, you know, it goes to the, um, you know, the thought process that all of us had 
Uh, you tell me not to do it, I'm gonna go do it. You know? Oh, that line you don't want me cross? I'm across it. Yeah, you know? That's, yeah, that's real. You know? I mean, what else, baby? Is that? Is, what do you think? Um, no, I just think it's so great. You know, uh, talking about um, abuse because mm-hmm. I think a lot of marriages, mm-hmm. you know, you only know your own marriage. You know, and well, then real quick too, in saying that. Maybe the beginning years, what it was like, what was the tough experiences that we've faced that you think you've grown from and learned from, you know, especially from me, you know? So in the beginning of our marriage, it didn't go off really well because it was in secret, you know, (laughs) people didn't know that we were dating for a whole year. Uh, So for them, it was really erupt, mm -hmm. but a lot of people were against our marriage. And once we got married, it was like, do it this way. Do it this person's way. This is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that wasn't working for us. Mm-hmm. It, it it put a wedge between us. And I felt very, um, like, this is doesn't feel like love. Yeah. This doesn't feel like it's right. Because we're going off of someone's mar- other mm-hmm. marriage. And then. Yeah. Speaking of the mic, baby. So that was tough. Yeah. The first few years. And I think once. um you know, because Jose's the head of the household. So he's the one that runs the train. So I think when he realized that, he was like, he didn't want to be like that mm-hmm. because it, it wasn't working. It wasn't it, healthy. It wasn't healthy. We already had like two kids because mm-hmm. we had them back to back. And it's like, <clears throat> we were both learning. I was 19. Yeah. So I had like just seriously overnight how to be <clears throat> a mom, how to be a wife. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much at one time. And for him also. Yeah. You know, but I think as we started to remove ourselves from those uh, people and the situations, we were able to like, okay, what kind of husband do you want to be? Mm-hmm. What kind of wife do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And it was really self-reflect on each other and um, what how we choose to treat each mm-hmm. other. You know, so, I mean, we're still learning. Yeah. It's never like, oh, we have a... We we're never want to. We figured it out, way. and we know it, no, and we're no, yeah. We don't. We change after what ten years. They said mm-hmm. habits change and taste yeah. buds change. So <laughs> yeah, every day we're different. Yeah, and it's not just like I know this person. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, you. I think we're going to continue on learning each other and figuring each mm-hmm. other out. Um, Great topic. Well, see, and I love that too because that kind of touches on you know that. It's not only even just the emergence of social media, you know, because that was your familial influences having that much of an influence and a say in what was going on in your marriage. And now social media just amplifies that. (sighs) But, you know, even for the people who don't have social media, you still have to have forefront of, of mind of, you know, not letting other people influence your life without you know i mean yes you can listen to opinions and you can you know try things out but if you guys had just done what they had said and not actually grown and not actually learned from it you guys probably wouldn't be here you wouldn't have the three kids that you have you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing the things that you're doing and you wouldn't be crushing it at doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know it really goes just back to understanding that you are the most important person in your life. Mm -hmm. Like you are the only person who's going to spend, like eventually one of you is going to die before the other one. Let's be real, you know, and then you're still going to have to live with yourself. She's still going to have to live with herself Mm -hmm. and love yourself and be able to be okay with that. 
Yeah, and that's true. I mean, I think once speak from her, I can hear it in her voice still because there's things that I wish we could undone, like undo. Yeah. You know, but <clears throat> our growth is still, again, we're growing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to be that guy that speaks. I'm arrived. I'm this, I'm that. I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm speaking real. I'm a humble guy. Anybody that says, hey, I'm humble, you're not <laughs> You're not humble. No. Real humility will never say that it'll show, you know. So and I think we're, I'm very open to the fact, you know, dude, I got issues still. I'm 41. Mm -hmm. I got issues, you know, and I'm living for a, a better life. Not of my own, but for my family, for my kids, you know, so they can see now. Yeah. Be very difficult to find this out there. But I do believe there are people and generations that are training people like like how we're doing our family and our kids. Mm -hmm. There are people out there like oh, that. Yeah. I pray that, you know, that they find that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, though, I pray that it finds them when it's just, again, I've used the analogy, Tom Brady, yeah. the Gronk, throwing the ball. It's not underthrown or overthrown where you got to yeah. catch up or slow down. It's just in stride. Yep. Nothing like you, like you said, in your life, if people, it, if it mm -hmm. just works, yeah. quit trying to look for it and be the right person or be this. I yeah. got to be this. I got to look like I, I got to have. I No, mm -hmm. just work on you. And then in yeah. life, it's you'll know. It'll be, yeah. it'll, it'll be, like you said, the universe mm -hmm. or it'll be a yeah. God, it'll be a God sent, you know? And I think with our relationship, we definitely still, we're growing, we're living, you mm -hmm. know, again, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it, you know, but again, overall, I you did know, want to say something else fast. Um, but because of Jose's background growing up, it wasn't the best. And mm -hmm. he has trauma in his life. I had to, there's things that he wouldn't talk to me about. Yeah. Okay. So there were certain moments where um, I felt like, why is he talking to me like that? Mm -hmm. Why does he say that? Why does he do that? And I honestly had to come to a point where I had to ask God, God, why does he do this to me? I mm -hmm. go, because it hurts me. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell God, look it, he's your son. Mm -hmm. I There's nothing I can do to change his mind. Yeah. Because that's just how men are made. You know, I, there's nothing I can tell him. He has to hear it for himself. Mm -hmm. He has to see it for himself. So one night I was like, you know, well, God, I, I asked God, why does this happen? And God says, it's because the women in his life have treated him this way. Mm. His stepmom, ex-girlfriends, people, mm -hmm. the women in his life have made him feel a certain way. So when something happens or says, he puts that on you. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then, you know, I told him, I look at you do this because of this. Mm -hmm. And I, I know he was like, he didn't want to hear it, mm -hmm. but I think it sunk in like, yeah. oh, I do do that. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I, it, I learned to not take it so personal, mm -hmm. but to like learn through it. Like, Yeah. He, ha he has to see it for himself and recognize it mm -hmm. because I can't, I can't heal him. I can't. All I could do is like, hey, this mm -hmm. sucks because you do this. Yeah. yeah. This is but now this. can I ask you this? Like, how do you think? That would have looked if he had been like, if he had been resistant, if he had been like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. But uh, I'm not going to change. Yeah. Um, you know, because that that's in my experience, that's what's happened. Yeah. The maturity level. Mm -hmm. of, yeah, it would probably it probably wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. So, I mean, and that that goes to show, too, like the the mentality of, you know, somebody who has a growth mentality versus a stagnant mentality. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you were closed-minded and if you didn't have that 
potential to think long term and that potential to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe she's right. Maybe I am being mm-hmm. a little bit of a dick, you know? Um, you know, that would have been totally different. Yeah, I think when she had told me that, again, it had to be self-reflection. Yeah. It had to because, again, I saw what didn't work my mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah. And I always, even as, like I said, as a seven, eight-year-old, mm-hmm. I'm never going to drink like my uncles yeah. and my aunts. Yeah. I'm never going to smoke cigarettes and burn them out on my kids, you know? You know, I'm never going to yeah. be that. But at some point when reality hit, when we separated ourselves mm-hmm. from Selma, the churches and her family over yeah. there, and people we knew, we thought that was supposed to be our life. Like she said, people were telling us how to be. Mm-hmm. When we separated, we didn't know who we were, especially as a couple, because yeah. we we were dependent. Yep. You know, it was, it was mommy, mommy, mommy and daddy. You know, mm-hmm. me is like. Quit calling, you're 40 years old. Quit calling mommy and daddy. It's weird, you know? But the thing is, though, then I had to leave a person, an individual, and certain Mm -hmm. men in my life. We didn't know who we were until we had to face the fact that, you know, no, you're the problem, bro. Yeah. And when I started drinking, when I started working as a content creator, working with breweries, it's like Mm -hmm. I made the conscious decision to be a drunk, to be be this guy. Mm -hmm. Not because I was just this crazy alcoholic. It's just I love the feeling, but that showed me me. Yeah. That showed me my problem. And then when I when I finally realized that it had to come through an experience that I, I wish I can take back, but yeah. it showed me who I was turning into. I was turning mm-hmm. into what I despised the yeah. most. And, and I had to learn, again, like we said at the beginning, mm-hmm. I had to flip the mirror. Yeah. It's not her fault. It's not their fault. It's me. Yeah. Because she can have her own experience. You know, let me turn the mirror on me yeah. now. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that made such a blessing in my life you know, is that she wasn't rightfully so. I mm-hmm. always spoke on this, like in the last podcast I was on with Overflow. She had every right to leave me yeah. and be this because I treated her wrong. I ignored her. It's mm-hmm. not so much it was just the physical, the crazy. Yeah. No, I was just, I am eh, whatever. I don't deal with people like that. Yeah. You know, but she never once threw it in my face when she had every right. She never once used it as ammunition she never nagged yeah. she never called me where are you at what are you doing who yeah. are you with she her maturity was way beyond how, what i had mm-hmm. in my previous relationships with other women and she and she never did that and i think that's what like i said before once i never got the kickback because i'm a reactionary guy yeah when she never did that it had to show me all right well mm-hmm. jose you keep pushing the envelope and she's not doing nothing yeah. about it why yeah. And then it's me. It's dude, it's you, you know? Yeah. So, and I think that's where we've grown, still growing now. And I, and I think one thing I love about her, every time she talks about it, she does get emotional because yeah. it's, it's still, it's still like we're, again, we're growing, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, you know, no one's perfect. Cause I never want to come from this approach. Like Jose, you're perfect. You have yeah. it together. Cause again, everyone on these podcasts, all these shows, these type of platforms, you feel like, Oh, I've arrived. Oh, you want to be a millionaire? I'm there. Be like me. No, hell no. Don't be like me. Be better. Yeah. You know, and so and I think we, when we hear this and we that's why we put it. That's why we're so open. That's why still here yeah. means so much because y'all know what? Y'all still here. Yeah. When all the odds are against you, when you were against yourself, yeah. when everything else went wrong, you're still here. How do we grow? Like you said, how do we move forward? Yep. You know, so last words, last thoughts, you know, tell where we can find you i know uh, we're supposed to get into a new <laughs> business but you know i feel like this is dope yeah uh, but i'll just have to come on later and we'll part two maybe i jump on your show yeah. and you know <laughs> yeah you know um what am i doing last am words I <laughs> last words last thoughts you know people okay. listening watching and then end yeah. with where they can find you on social okay. i'll have it in the description but yeah um you know i i guess all of this to say um shoot <sighs> 
I said so much. Now I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, be be aware of who you are and how you influence the people around you and how the people around you influence you. Like, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and speak up for others. Because, you know, one thing that I've really learned in my journey over the last year and a half is the impact of having somebody who actually stands up for you and says, hey, you know what? That's fucked up. Mm. That's not okay. And it's okay to be bitter. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. But you can't stay in those emotions. Mm. You have to be able to figure out and don't be afraid to go to therapy to figure it out. Like don't, you don't have to figure it out on your own. There are resources. There are people reach out to somebody like me, reach out to an advocate, reach out to somebody who is talking about these things or can point you in the right direction or give you the resources Mm -hmm. because you are not alone in your experiences. Nobody is ever going to experience what you experience the exact same way. But if you don't, if you don't take the time to really sit and reflect on what experiences have made you the way that you are, you will never be able to grow because mm. you won't know, um, you won't know how to make the shifts to become a better person. Come on. Wow. Again, man, we're going to take an offering because she is poor region. <laughs> You know, you guys listening and watching, I would say my last words and thought is, again, I never want to overgeneralize and say, hey, you know, everyone's been through it. Mm-hmm. No, again, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy because, again, who I would be a hypocrite. And I, I don't want I'm never going to be that guy, you know, but I do want to say, again, you're not what happened to you. You know, you're not you know, you're not it, you know, but what happened to you is real. And I think what you can make that situation that happened to you real, you can make it a better you know, you can make it better for yourself and for the world around you. Because, again, I, I want to set a new trend on, you know what, let's start living now. You know, really, again, cliche, the positivity. You know, mm-hmm. we hear it all the time. You know, but I think once we start living that that out, you know, I think people will start catching on to it because they're going to see that's different. Mm-hmm. You seem like you're at peace for some reason. How'd you get there? Then you, then you can speak from a, a point of healing. You can speak from your experiences, but from a healed point. You know, again, you're never going to be perfect. You'll never arrive, but you'll, you you have an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And when you experience that growth, you're going to want more. Mm-hmm. And you know what, you know, you know what's going to be. If something is the opposite of that, you know, that shouldn't be in your life. That shouldn't be there because it's it's taken away from your joy, your peace and all that. Because I, I, I can't, you know, I, I understand happiness and do what makes you happy, but I never want to lean on. You know, just do what makes you happy, you know, you know, happiness comes and goes, you know, but when you find that joy, when you find the true sustenance of that peace, you'll know the difference, man, when someone else is trying to bring in the opposite and you'll be very aware, you know, so I I say look, look towards the, the really the joy in life, you know, happiness, emotions and all that stuff comes and goes. But when you find the joy and the true peace you deserve, man, you'll know what that tastes like and you'll want more. And you know you won't let no one take that from you, not even yourself. You know, so again, I'm guilty of that. So you guys listening and watching, thanks for tuning in. By far, the way to kick off the new year, a good long podcast <laughs> with Sarah Creative. 
design or that was close. That was so close. Sarah. Sarah Nicole Creative. Sarah so. Nicole Creative. Yeah, I'm a guy. I always forget. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So. so Jose will put it, but Instagram, Sarah Nicole Creative, Facebook, same thing. Um, TikTok's a little different. It's Sarah N Creative. Uh, but find me on Instagram and then you can find me everywhere else. Yeah, uh, just not on Snapchat because yeah. that's a different life. Yeah. <laughs> Snapchat, Snapchat, you got to be like elite. That's G14 classified, <laughs> boy. So you guys, I'm going to have all her information in the description below. Man, follow her. You know, if y'all want some pictures, hit her up. She does some dope work. She does not take pictures with Canon. That alone would be a good reason to call her. Forget all you Canon users, y'all clowns. But I love you guys. Stay tuned. Season three in the new year is on a roll. That's all I'll say. I'm super excited for what season three is. I'm looking forward to the rest of this year, 2023, bringing content to you guys that can change your life, help you grow, motivate you to be better, not just for yourself and not be selfish, but man, be better for people too, man, and impact and grow other people's lives, man. Don't keep a good gift in, man. Share the gift. I love you guys. Stay tuned. You guys have a great week and we'll see you next week. Mmm.